0: What?
1: episode 276 for january 2014 and that awesome opening song is the spider-man theme of course as performed by the dan bodanis band and if you'd like to listen to the whole 10-minute track i posted it up on our message board thread where you can review this episode yourself it's over on the spider-man crawlspace.com on with the show gang Hey Spacers, welcome to our Spider Satellites episode, where, Kevin, how many books are we tackling, sir?
2: Well, uh, I've got six this month, which is considerably less than I've been having, and Brad, oh, wow. I believe you have four, all from the same title. Correct.
1: I have, no, so, I have what, none. <laughs> George, George, you're going to talk to <laughs> you in a bit, with uh, the, the cartoon reviews, where he has two episodes. George to
2: sit here and listen and uh, and wonder once again what the hell happened to Scarlet Spider.
1: George doesn't sit and listen; he contributes. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Jo- George George interjects. There i you just, go. Uh,
2: with, with these, since I know you know George doesn't read all these books, it's a particularly like crap book. I always think I'm just you know basically reporting to George on the ship sinking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, let's go over the titles we're going to review of the ten. Go ahead, Kev. Uh, let's see. I've got Cataclysm Ultimate
2: Spider-Man number two. Um, that's the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, side miniseries. The main series did not come out this month. Um, we've got Mighty Avengers number four. We've got Scarlet Spider number 25. That's the final issue. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man number six and seven, two issues of the best book. And Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number eight, which is another last issue for Yoast. And then yep. you have Amazing Spider-Man number seven hundred point two through seven hundred point five.
1: Yep, that's the ones I've got.
2: Now uh, so what, you were somehow <laughs> spared of Marvel Knights Spider-Man this month.
1: I know. Uh, did did a book not come out this month?
2: I of, I mean I'm not keeping track of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you didn't get yeah, it in well, your box, I just assume it didn't come out. And you know, I right guess not. Here.
1: Yeah, maybe next month we'll have two issues like we did last
0: month. So you did so. two last month, right? All right, all right. Well, that, that may have
2: been one of those so. uh, one of those times when you got your box after the first of the month. Maybe that second issue was supposed to be December.
0: Perhaps you you know. I'm not
1: really heart heartbroken that I don't have to review that <laughs> book this month. Actually. You know <laughs> that there's some
0: angry retailers that are letting Marvel hear about that. Oh, uh, how much you want to bet about,
2: about Marvel Night Spider
1: Man being a drug?
0: Yeah. Trip? Yeah. Yeah. Or about it just being incoherent. Maybe the
1: retailers are ticked that they ordered too many copies. I don't know. Yeah. All right, what issue are we starting with first, Kevin? Well, um,
2: I, I'm usually an alphabet man, but I know you like to start with, uh, with Team Up, since it's kind of the most official satellite book, so let's just start, start.
1: there. All right, I'm fine. That's cool.
2: So, Superior Spider-Man Team Up number eight, once again, this is Chris Yost's last issue. He's been the uh, regular writer of this whole series and Avenging Spider-Man before it for the second half of that run. Uh, In this one, uh, we got Otto is distraught after, if you'll remember last issue's events, New York was (laughs) almost dying and all. So he's severely questioning his own ego for once and convinced that he's failed at being Spider-Man. He goes so far as to decide that he'll turn himself into the Avengers. But before he can get there, he's interrupted by Namor being attacked by Wakandans, and he's forced to lend a hand. And after all is said and done with that, Namor gives him a speech about being superior because only Namor's ego can match Otto's. And after punching Namor and telling him to stay out of his city, Otto swings off, thinking, you know what, I really am superior. Screw that other noise. (laughs) (laughs) So so the superior saga almost ended, but thanks to Namor's ego, (laughs) we're going to keep on (laughs) trucking. I guess this one A. Yeah, hey, um, yeah honestly, good. I think Yost's last issue is his best one since Avenging Number Fifteen Point One, which is its first issue. It's it's kind of similar in vain that we finally see again the more human side to this conceit of Otto being in Peter's body, trying to honor his legacy as a hero, which you know isn't really the focus of Superior Spider-Man as much as that was kind of the original idea. Um, he even has a moment where he's inspired by the thought that he promised Peter he would be Spider-Man and Spider-Man never gave up I, mean, I loved that that's that's really yeah. something you're not familiar you do not
1: you yeah. You don't often see that in the main book.
2: No. And, like, and yeah. that's really what I thought I was going to get from uh, Yost's book to begin with. Because, again, that 15.1 mm-hmm. followed a very similar line. But unfortunately, it hasn't really been what this book has been about either until now. So it, it's almost like a bookend is run. I was also really impressed with the art here. It's, it's the guy I don't yeah. know. His name is Will Sliney. And when I first saw the name, I just assumed the worst because it was an artist I'd never heard of filling in. But it's actually really good, like exceptionally good. He might be second. I can Marco Cicchetto for artists who work with Yost.
1: I honestly thought it was Chachetto until I looked at the cover. And that's a pretty high compliment. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I love Chachetto's stuff too.
2: Yeah, I was I was very very impressed. That's the uh, re- yeah. that's a, that's really good showing of the chops for a guy whose name I hadn't heard no before. Doubt. No doubt. So we're off to a good start with an A. We're off to a good start with an A. I'm mean, gonna tell you, it's mostly, yeah. mostly a pretty good month. There's just one
1: one dud in there. Um, yeah, wait till I come in. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's back up to the top. Um, let's just say amazing wasn't so amazing. I'll tell you yeah, right now. All, all right, four of ahead. them. Well, well there. See why I didn't uh, wait, 20... wait? Wait for it. That was a tease. <laughs> mm.
2: Okay. Um, anyway, so that was Superior Spider-Man team up number eight. Uh, we're going to bounce back up to the top of the alphabet, I think, and go with Cataclysm Ultimate Spider-Man number two. Uh, so
1: we, we, we missed the regular issue of the mini this month, evidently. This, yeah. December there wasn't one, I guess? Well, there was – Um, it it was solicited as, like, two issues in one month, then
2: one in another month, one in another month, and then it was just the first two issues came out slower than they were supposed to, and then oh. nothing came out this month. It just kind of uh, slipped. Huh? I know this yeah. coming Wednesday, which will be in the past for our uh, – our listeners, Cataclysm No. 3 and Cataclysm Ultimate Spider-Man number 3, come out on the same day. I've been meaning to, to send old Bendis a tweet and say, hey, what order do I read that in? Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet
0: c- he doesn't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so... If you'll remember, this is the book that, less than, you know, the whole Galactus event, this one's following the the group of young heroes from the recently wrapped Ultimate Spider-Man volume. So, basically... Everybody's trying to figure out how to help as Galactus just continues to tear up New York. Cloak and Dagger try to fight him for all of about two seconds before realizing it's completely pointless, and then they just switch to trying to save people with Cloak's power. Bombshell stops people from looting a privately owned store, and she says it's the first thing she's ever done as a hero, and she really likes that feeling. And uh, Miles and Spider-Woman help to get some kids out of a park, and then after returning a boy to his father, Miles Miles goes to his own father to try to help him, and to do so, since Miles' father hates Spider Man, he takes off his mask and reveals that he's Spider Man to his father.
1: It was a nice cliffhanger at the end. That was yeah. Neat.
2: Um Bendis said please don't spoil the last page of this one and that wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> I expected yeah. it to be more more in relation to the cataclysm event than this huge personal event for him. Um I give this one an A plus. Another great issue. Um, Bendis and Marquez doing this group of characters has been consistently entertaining since they started doing it. And the really extraordinary thing about this event is that the world really might end. And this yeah. doesn't read as a group of people that are going to be able to save the world. It reads as people just trying to figure out what to do and how to help as the world ends. And it's it's a really incredible statement on heroism. It's it's gonna you know, just not you know, not what I was expecting, but really really good.
1: I love that. Scene where cloak and dagger uh, transport right in front of his eye, and he he blasts him with his eye. I was I just thought that was a great visual to show how small they are to Galactus.
2: Yeah, it was you know much like we saw um, <laughs> Spider Man jump onto Galactus and I believe it was Cataclysm number two. Yeah, you know it's it's like okay I'm going to try to fight this thing. There is just
1: you're, no way to fight this thing. You're
2: a
0: flea yeah. <laughs> on a dog There's is what you are. We can do. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, who was it that decided that she liked being a hero? Who is it? who is this uh,
2: oh. girl named Bombshell? Um, she had her origins in the second volume of Ultimate Spider-Man, which was Peter Parker's final volume as a, a villain. It was she was with a, a mother-daughter villain team, and she came back in Miles's volume near the end, and has uh, has become a hero with her mother out of the picture. about a year later,
1: yeah, kind of. I don't kinda... really think she has a. Uh, much of an uh, appearance in the 616 universe. She was in the uh, Hawkeye 1980s miniseries. Kind of really, late I in the game to decide, guy
0: guy. to decide that you want to be a good guy for that universe, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of, <laughs> of tragedy, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, but I didn't realize she was even... I thought she was a completely original Ultimate character. No,
1: she she's actually... I, I, I pulled her up
2: for a while. sure it's not it's someone else named Bombshell? Because, I mean, I don't imagine this girl... Be... Well, what's her name uh, in the... Uh,
1: I can't remember I can't. her name, but if
2: you're looking, if you're looking stuff up,
1: uh, Wendy look. Conrad is the one in the six one six universe. That's definitely not the name of the one. In- and let's see, Ultimate Bombshell is L- Lori and Lana ba- Baumgartner. Yeah, totally different. They're mutants. Okay, so th- it looks like they just have the same name. Yeah, Bombshell.
2: I mean, it's a pretty, uh, yeah. pretty generic name, and I can I imagine the one in the Hawkeye miniseries is probably more. More like, um, you know, stunner, <laughs> and and
1: yeah, it looks like she's holding bombs. Actually, <laughs> it looks like it <laughs> to... yeah, the one and in Hawkeye
0: she's... actually uh, threw bombs and was like a juggler.
1: Oh, there you go. That's, hey, that's nothing go
0: tumbling out of my head right now.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that was Cataclysm, Ultimate Spider-Man number two. Uh, we're going to move on to Mighty. Hold sisters. up!
1: Hold up! Yeah. That was an A and an A plus. What the hell's going on, here, Kevin?
2: Uh, No, uh, (laughs)
1: Christmas. (laughs) Christmas
2: miracle, Brad.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness, love it.
2: (laughs) And, you know, just wait. We're moving on to Mighty Avengers number four. Uh, See if this continues that trend. I'll give a little suspense, too. See, I can do it. Uh, So uh, the Mighties, as I'll call them, are making the Gem Theater, their base of operations, with a mission statement to take calls and help the people. It's very much a Luke Cage type of mission statement. It's something he was, uh, you know, spearheading back in the early days of New Avengers. They have a call center? uh, no, just helping the helping the little person, you know. That's not not somebody getting stomped by Galactus, but somebody that might need a hero anyway. You know, it's Luke Cage. It's, it's heroes for hire, but he's not charged. It's street level Avengers. Exactly, exactly.
0: Oh, that's um, right. Because this is the one that has Shuma Gorath in it, because he screams street level. <laughs> Exactly.
2: He um, was, was literally bursting out of the street, so... Uh, 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 uh.
1: Shumagorath,
0: yeah. You know, you think street level, you think stilt man, vermin, Shumagorath.
1: <laughs> Swarm. Swarm. <there. laughs>
0: <laughs> you can not swarm as Avengers
2: A-list level, baby. Oh, shit, baby. There you
1: go. <laughs> so,
2: um, we got a corporation in this. You've always got you to have an evil corporation. Um, this one's called Cortex. They've seen the effects of the Terrigen Mists uh, from the Infinity event getting released on freaking everybody. And they want to get in on that. So they send their newly inhuman power girl to break into a tillin, which is in the Hudson River because stuff... <laughs> I don't I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Spider Hero, quote unquote, is mystically talking to a dude named Kalu, who I had no idea about, but I looked him up, and he's actually an old Doctor Strange character. So I'm sure, mm-hmm. sure George knows Kalu. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we we're isn't still, that linked Kalu?
1: Huh? That's Kalua. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're still not uh, giving the spoiler on. Spider-Hero's identity, because for god's sake, they still haven't released it in the comic book, but I'll say I don't think this guy has any background talking to Kalu. Uh, This this is a new one on me. Uh, Anyway, so he's talking to this guy, mystically, you know, floating head, about finding (laughs) the walkers and the fact that he can't let them see his face in the news, which is why I guess he's still talking to this guy with a mask on, even though this guy knows who he is. Walkers! Hmm. The walkers. Yes. Um, Kalou tells him he needs to look at Attilin. And then after switching to Ronin year, because that Spider Hero costume was just hella ugly, he yeah. goes in that direction towards Atillon with Spectrum, the Falcon, new team member, White Tiger, and Power Man. When they're gone... Good lord, Spider-Jerk returns to the gym with his big-ass spider robot and a bunch of minions to demand leadership of the team.
1: Which makes me think, uh, Superior Spider-Man is in this book just to be an antagonist. Yeah, he's the ass of the team. Well, I mean, I don't think after this this storyline he's going to be around much longer, honestly. Well, you know, it completely
2: depends on whether Superior Spider-Man is around much longer. Well, that's uh, true. I, d- we don't I just think
1: he's more of an antagonist than he is the uh, a team player. Or a <laughs> well, team it's member. like, um, you know,
2: for, for folks who have watched Buffy, and George, I know you're one of those people, uh, as am I. Um, In the early days of the show, you had uh, the very annoying, caustic character, Cordelia, um, you know, who's just thrown out insults by all the time, but then after season three, she went to the Angel spinoff, and... Wow. That's when Joss Whedon brought in Spike because he said he needed a new Cordelia because you have to have somebody that's just basically the ass of the team, and and that's who I see Spider Man as in this, and I, I think he can stick around yeah. for as long as he wants, or you know he could easily not if Otto isn't Spider Man for much longer. Right.
1: Cool. So, grade. What do you think? This gets an A. Um, Holy crap! We've never had three A's in a row. I know, we? man. I know. <laughs> uh, it, was
2: it, was, it was largely an issue of moving pieces forward, but it did a darn good job of it. It was packed yeah. with a lot of great dialogue, like, like Jessica Jones telling Luke Cage he was going to be sleeping on the power couch. <laughs>
1: it was just. I, I like the line where Superior Spider-Man is bad-mouthing Luke Cage. and goes, why don't you just call this team the champions? I'm just like, that's so cool. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Dude, yeah. the
0: champions <laughs> get so much shit, man. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Oh man! It's because they had
0: Angel on the team, man. No one took him seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look out for the flying guy!
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of great dialogue, though.
1: Stuff like that. Um, and oh, there was another line in there I meant to meant to talk about. I can't think of it right now, but it was mainly Spider-Man trash talking Cage. <laughs> uh, I loved it.
2: But yeah, I, the one thing I gotta say against it is. Uh, they're really hinting hard at this identity at this point. <laughs> they really need to just say it. Uh, I, I mean, know. With both Spider Hero and Ronan, same guy, wearing a black leather trench coat, and Luke Cage even calling him out on it, saying, hey, if you don't want people to know who you are, maybe you shouldn't be wearing your trench coat. <laughs> and we know he's a mystical guy. It's not that hard to figure out at this point, even if you didn't read the spoiler.
1: Do you think you would have guessed it by now? I feel like this issue with
2: the trench coat, they are hinting strong. I mean... I would have They're already like- been looking at people in the mystical direction because they've they've tell, yeah. they've told us he has mystical knowledge I would have also I mean this is uh, a team that is supposed to be uh, you're more you know african american minority group characters um obviously you know spider man breaks that up, but it is kind of a, a showcase for those kinds of characters that sadly just don't get it in some of the bigger books, so I would have been looking for somebody uh you know that is african american mexican uh, asian something like that mm-hmm. wait a mis- minute
0: it could it could be danny ketch he's uh he's uh you know he's a minority uh, he is? yeah he's uh, he's episcopalian <laughs> Anyway,
2: (laughs) in this issue, issue, Luke Cage establishes that he is known for wearing that black trench coat. I think I've got a pretty good idea who he is, even if I didn't read the spoiler. And again, I'm not going to say the spoiler until the comic book says it, just in case people really don't want to know about it. But I have just told you nothing that isn't in the comic book, and you should pretty much be able to know who this is right
1: now. You know what's sad is, if there are fans like you of this character... Uh, I don't think they would have gotten to issue four. Well, you know, I dropped the book after issue two. You did
2: I, until I, I told you who that guy is? Yeah, I read the first issue, thought it was pretty good. Read the second issue, like yeah, this is decent, but it's not it's not grabbing me. And now looking back on it, two was the weakest. Um, and you know, just as a pure matter of money, and this is a three ninety nine book, I'm like, well, I don't have anything really making me buy this, and then. You know, you, Brad, sent me
1: the spoiler. I'm like, okay, pull, yeah. pulled Well, fiber. you you asked for it. You're like, screw it, I dropped the book. And you were like, oh, shit, I'm now buying the book.
2: <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm enjoying it yeah. a lot more knowing who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, maybe that was an intentional
2: leak. You know, if it was then good job to whoever figured out that the main flaw in this comic is that it's holding that, that identity for way too long. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's I think it's hurting him at this point. Cause there's no reason well, not to I mean, we saw him switch identities in this issue and we still didn't see his face. Yeah.
1: It's, it's still my favorite Avengers book. Uh,
2: no, it's not mine. I, I, I love Hickman's Avengers, but it's really good. I think
1: we disagree on this every month. We do. <laughs>
2: um, but, you know, you keep bringing it up, so I'll keep telling you you're wrong. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, my <laughs> It's all good. Anyway, uh, so that, what
1: else? Yeah, got that was Mighty Avengers 4, right? Mighty Avengers 4. Um, okay. So are you ready to break the A-streak? Oh yeah, you must be going Scarlet Spider. Yep, we've
2: got one that falls out of the pack. one single comic in my list that falls out of the pack of A's this
0: month. Way to ruin it for the other comics now. We already know. We already know what everything else is.
2: <laughs> well, I already told you that. Um, well, you don't know if they got pluses on them. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, George. You just got Hood.
0: You got Hood. <laughs>
2: wow. So Scarlet Spider number twenty-five, uh, final issue of this book. Every plot smashes together, nobody dies, and Kanan and Arasley end up in Mexico, and that's the basic, that's the yeah. basic thrust of it without giving you a half-an-hour description of how every subplot is just like,
1: I'm here too!
2: So, that gets a yeah. D,
1: Oh, really that low?
2: Really that low. I gave it a C minus in my text review for the front yeah. page, but I reread that review to write my notes for this, and I really think that it deserves a D at best. I'm not even sure why I gave it. I think I only gave it as high as a C minus in the text review because I was sad to give it lower. <laughs> um, it had some decent writing from Yoast, but it also just had huge, unacceptable production errors. It generally felt like it was cobbled together out of everything the series had left on the back burner for way too long. And, you know, just for an insult, they charged us an extra dollar for it, even though there were no extra pages, which really just felt like spitting in my face. So that was nice. I agree with the extra dollar. That was dumb. <laughs> I mean, who exactly in that office was so cynical to say that, you know, Everybody that was buying this series is going to go ahead and buy the last issue. Let's just charge them an extra dollar for the privilege, even though it's still only 20 story pages, even though we made the worst errors of our entire careers in this book. Let's charge them an extra dollar for it.
1: What's a couple examples of production errors again? Um, Mostly in that... uh,
2: that scene where Kane is saving people, falling through the air,
1: mm-hmm. you get
2: in, like, the same page. Rassily's name is spelled wrong twice in a row. Um, okay. Kane says, like, oh, a and Wally are close enough to me to catch. He's got a Rasley in his arms. And the next page he's saying, but a Rasley and Annabelle are too far away. He says, well, <laughs> he's got a Rasley in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> he meant Zoe. Um, ah. Zoe, the girl that we can't remember either. And then once they get down to the ground, Annabelle's caught up in the web that he spun, but Kane and Arasley are on the ground. And in the panel where Aracely refers to Annabelle, she mysteriously turns into Annabelle. She's oh, that's just drawn weird. and colored to be Annabelle in that in that panel, because who gives a shit, really? It's the last issue, and we're charging an extra dollar for it.
1: The, uh, <laughs> the, the artist and the colorist can't keep it straight either, the script. No,
2: and wow. uh, the... the apparently the production can't even figure out who's working on the book because inside we're told that Christopher Yost is uh, the sole writer but the cover still credits Eric Burnham as co-writer, which according to Inside (laughs) credits is not true. It's just just this is the biggest mess of production errors I think I've ever seen. (laughs) To my knowledge it was Chris Yost. I think that interior credit that says it was just him was right because And, you know, no disrespect to Eric Burnham, but he's not as good as Chris Yost. Um, These past several issues that we've gotten that were written by him were not the same quality as Yost's scripts. And even though there were all those errors, and I have all kinds of problems with the story itself just being cobbled together, the actual writing of this issue was a much higher level. So mm-hmm. I, I am confident the interior page that says Chris Yost is correct, but then Burnham still gets the credit on the front, <laughs> just because, you know, just, just for one more thing <laughs> to slip through, because, again,
1: we're charging Damn. an extra dollar for it. Who cares? Do you think the cover price was an error, too?
2: <laughs> God, <laughs> who knows? It, it was originally solicited at two ninety nine, which means sometime between the solicitation and the release, they just decided they could, you know, milk us for an extra buck. Or maybe they that just sucks. printed it. Who knows?
1: That sucks. It was just it. It
2: really, as as a fan of this book, you know, somebody that really enjoyed this book, once upon a time, Mm -hmm. this final issue really felt like beyond an afterthought. You know, it felt like something that nobody cared about, besides Chris Yost. You know, the guy, the guy writing it, he definitely put some care into the writing, and I appreciate that. If again, it reveals. It reveals deeper problems with the writing of this whole series that too much of this stuff was left way too long and ended up all slamming to a head at the same time, but again, he could right. tell in the script he put real care into the script, but it just feels like editorial just it, jettisoned this <laughs> you know they right. they didn't really care that much because these you know these are it's not like. I caught these errors because I read it multiple times as a reviewer. All of these errors jumped out at me on my first read, and completely marred the reading experience of that, you know, air save scene because it was just like error, error, error. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. So this, this, that was, sucks. This was
1: a sad comic book to read for me. Yeah. That's too bad.
2: Started strong. Yeah, it
1: started. It started as one of the best, and we have we have a little bit of a teaser for the new Warriors number one book, where the blood. It, why is the why is the ocean red or something like that? I guess well, it's, it's part t-
2: of the same uh, Mexico uh, or um, Aztec hell subplot they've had with the Rassley since near the beginning, and they they even had you know she sees wolves or coyotes saying Mictlan rises, and it's just. More teases hmm. of a of a subplot that we never even got to in twenty five issues, which hmm. and you know I t- I doubt that's a tease for the beginning of New Warriors because Chris Yost oh, on okay. his Twitter has said that if New Warriors makes it past its first year, he will probably start bringing in some story threads from Scarlet Spider.
1: That's too bad that. You know, uh, a new launch of a book, the writers are like, Hope I make it past the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean it's a New Warriors book at
2: three ninety better hope. God knows I'm not buying that.
1: I've I bought I'll buy it. I've bought every version of um uh, New Warriors. Whereas I have bought the zero. <laughs> so I, I recommend the Fabian Nis N- N- C- a- however
0: you say his name, uh, from the nineties. George, do you read that back in the day? I remember that I used to have to pick I Tried it out like from the first, I don't know, like three or four issues, but then I'd eventually pick up way more because back then every goddamn title was connected through <laughs> through uh, story arc that said continue it over here next month. Yeah, you know, and sometimes it worked. Sometimes it was like a dead man's hand, mm-hmm. you know, like in Nomad and Daredevil. Oh yeah, that was good. You know, other times, no, it was a big pile of steamy shit. <laughs> and the big pile of steamy shit was usually usually somehow Spider-Man was involved. Stuff like that yeah. round robin thing. Remember that? Oh, that was awful. That was, that that was, was oh Spider-Man god, was it was everything. insulting.
1: The uh, but it's got early Mark Bagley in it, and I think it's a strong book.
0: I I, I recommend oh, it. Yeah.
1: You, it's probably in the dollar bin, Kev. Um, no, it, I,
2: I've I've read a couple issues that New Warriors uh, involved with you know Ben Riley back in the day, and as much as I like Ben Riley, those know. issues were awful. I, well, I and I, is, I, just, I have read, read man. so many um so many books that try to tell me that uh what what's the leader guy's name, like Justice or some crap? Uh yeah.
1: Knight, no no no. Uh yeah, Justice is one yeah, of them. Justice, yeah, Justice is a fire New Warriors. Justice the guy with the skateboard, skateboard. I can't think of his, his night night uh, night
2: um <laughs> <There> <laughs> just speedball keep getting thrown at me in books like even Avengers Academy, which is a great book by Christos Gage. Even he in that book can't make me care about those jackasses. There there has oh, been nothing incredible. ever that has made me care about these characters. Uh, I I just couldn't care less. I was thinking about picking up New Warriors before, you know, Scarlet Spider went down the toilet, but at this point, it's a three ninety nine book in which I care about two-eighths of the characters. No. And Kane is probably <laughs> going to be comic relief from how angry he is. And, I, I'm, you know, honestly, Yost has kind of spent his credit with me at this point. I was, I was all along, you know... The, the the let's let's support Yost train and I'm off it now. <laughs> he really spent his credit in the past, you know, several months to a year, and I he still writes good stuff, but he's not a name that I'm just going to pick up and know it's going to be quality anymore.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, what what else we got? That was uh, Scarlet Spider twenty five.
2: Yeah, after that sadness, let's move along to some superior foes. Yeah, that's going to make me feel which, better.
0: Which uh, Kevin convinced me to pick up, and I went and got those. Hell yeah. Uh, first six well, issues, here, and they kick ass. Yeah, dude, they do. And so is Seven, and Seven's out now?
2: Seven is out. That came out last yeah. week, I believe.
0: Wow, well, you go so, pick that up.
2: Yeah, um, yeah that kicks I'll, ass. I'm gonna start, it does. I'm going to start with Six, but I'll let you know uh, when I start with Seven if you want to turn off your mic so you don't get spoiled.
0: Ah hell, I don't care, dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm, not, I'm not that guy.
2: Superior Foes is more about you know, the actual reading and the execution and the humor in it than it is about, you know, getting spoiled. So, um, number six to start off with. This one, after Boomerang goes on a date, which is a a weirdly long five-page sequence, but whatever, um, we move on to, he narrates for us the story of the true face of Victor Von Doom painting, which is the best part of the whole issue. And then poor Speed Demon Beetle and Overdrive are getting threatened by the owl, but the beetle ain't having it. Over in Boomerang's apartment, he gets a check-in from Mach 5, and then he gets kidnapped by the chameleon. But the rest of the foes are broken out of the owl's basement by the beetle's daddy, Tombstone. <laughs> Not surprisingly, this one gets an A. Yeah. The story of the Doom painting is it's is priceless on the level of the story of Silvermane's head. I mean, you, you get quotes <laughs> like, Doom wants you to paint him like one of your French girls.
1: All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we see
2: that Doom wears the top of his costume and boxers to bed, <laughs> which is hysterical. And then the next day, you know, after that painting gets made, he sees the tear in his eye in the painting and says, Doom did what? <laughs> it's such good Doom comedy, you know. It, it, Nick Spencer yeah. takes full advantage of the fact that he has this... Uh, this low-level supervillain narrating a sort of maybe possibly true-ish story about Doom and just goes all out nuts with how funny it can be. Uh, easily my favorite part of the issue. You know they had a ball right and draw on that scene. Lieber even has the spiders in the basement grinning when they see the painting.
1: Uh, just love this book. And and you just did a review where the artist commented on the front page. Yeah.
2: Um, I When I reviewed number seven next issue... Um, there's a fill-in artist on that issue, and uh, and Steve Lieber, classic guy that he is, the usual artist, commented to make sure that that fill-in artist gets total credit for all the, you know, yeah. uh, all the little sight gags and stuff he put in, because in the in the review I wrote. Outright, I wasn't sure, you know, what the division of labor there was if that was Spencer or something, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, so Lieber, Lieber didn't even do it, and he popped in to just say, "Hey, that was that was all Rich, give him the credit." Like, cool. Was it That's was cool. it him
0: that wrote on his blog this week about how worried he is that people aren't picking it up because it has superior on it?
2: Um, it was it's it wasn't this week. His blog hasn't been updated in a while, but um, it's not it's not exactly what he said. He's just he really hates the title. <laughs> he called he oh. frequently calls it the best book with the worst title. Um, and he, there's, a, there's a couple of recent posts on his blog, which includes he, – he quoted my number five review, which is awfully kind of him. Uh, that was nice. But he said – you know the, he basically started with, these reviewers all started out seeing the same terrible title you did, and this is what they thought afterwards.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I see his – The
2: title is really not selling this book.
0: I see his, his point, though, because here's the thing. It, it makes it sound like it's just a gimmick. Like it's just a gimmicky title where they threw superior on it and expect you to pay however much for it, you know. And
1: also, I haven't read
2: uh, the deadly foes or the lethal foes, but from what I gather, you know, I've heard a little bit of uh, of JR's spider history and whatnot. Those were not at all the same kind of book as this.
1: No, they were horrible. These are they were bad. This is not
2: representative of that. So, and this, you know, deadly foes, lethal foes, superior foes. So that's obviously trying to evoke that stuff. And if it's not a it, even remotely the same kind
1: of book, why are you doing that? Yeah. I, I just think it's playing off the Superior Spider-Man title. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely. I don't think, it, I don't think it's invoking, invoking, invoking anything people.
0: from the 90s. Here's the thing, though, Brad. There are some people <clears throat> who probably are staying away from anything with Superior on it except maybe for the main book because they know it's all going to end. You put Superior on the front of something, and it says, this is finite. This is not going to be around long. Right. Because eventually all the superior stuff is going to end, it's going to go back to Peter, and what happens to this book? Well, you could reboot it like they do everything else. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, it's already, what? what, up to issue seven, it's due to be rebooted in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of a problem
2: that is, really. I just think the the superior foes of Spider-Man is not a title that is descriptive of this actual comic, and I think that's the problem. It, it doesn't really say anything about what's in the comic.
1: I don't, I don't think it hurts having the word Spider-Man on the cover, either. It doesn't. I... I I can understand why they do that.
2: Um I'm no, it doesn't hurt having the word Spider-Man on there, but the yeah, I, I I can agree that the specific title is not a title that grabs you. Um and you'll remember we all said we weren't going to buy this book at the beginning and if, you know, maybe if exactly. it had a better, more enticing title that told us more about what the book was, we would have felt differently.
0: Mm.
1: Sinister 6, I, uh, but it does it, they aren't they call themselves the Sinister Six.
2: <laughs> I liked uh I've, in my my reviews, I've, I've kind of had trouble with what to call them because there aren't six of them, and uh, Steve Lieber tweeted back to me at some point saying he likes to think of them as the Sinister Several. <laughs> hey, <laughs> how about that? How about that name? <laughs> that name, the
1: Sinister Several of Spider-Man.
2: <laughs> Good, silly. Yeah. Anyway, should, yeah, so that was go number go six. Ahead. Let's move on to Superior Foes of Spider-Man number seven. Um, this one, The Beetle, a.k.a. Janice, a.k.a. Tombstone's daughter's origin is told. She she grew up crooked. She wanted to be a supervillain, but her dad put her through law school because those are the real legal crooks. The ones that don't get <laughs> thrown in jail. Love um, it. And Luck just brought Baron Zemo and the Fixer through her law office doors one day, and she <laughs> saw the opportunity to help them out and took it. She got the Beetle identity and the equipment from the Fixer. Good to go. Yeah. Um, This one gets another A. <laughs> it's... It's a great little origin story for the Beetle. It's a nice surprise on the fill-in art by Rich Ellis. Um, I don't know the guy, but I wouldn't have thought anybody could fill in for Le- Phil Lieber's shoes on this one, and he did a great job. I thought. I mean, it was almost seamless. Um,
1: it was good.
2: Yeah, I, I, he was he was very good. And again, he put in all those those little comedic touches in the art that we're used to from from Lieber. And according to Lieber himself, that was all Rich Ellis. So, I mean. Really, really good choice uh, for a fill-in artist for this. Uh, but really, this one's all about the Baron Zemo bickering with the fixer scene for me. <laughs> it was hilarious, and another one of those scenes you could only get from Superior Foes. You've got, and you know the way the art does it. Janice is across the table from him, and you know you've got her imagining these two in like old ladies' outfits and as babies as they're just bickering with each other. <laughs> um,
1: I love that it's got a tombstone connection to it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's cool. I I can see Tombstone having a kid. Yeah, well, and it it's it's played great too because Tombstone
2: yeah. is kind of, you know, the very much the mob guy, made man guy, but he loves his little girl. You know. Exactly. He remembers the anniversary of when she she, she stole all those little girls' presents.
1: My, kid. Yeah, my, yeah, that was my favorite scene—the opening bit with the, the little girl stealing all the little girls' presents at a birthday party. I thought that was awesome.
2: I oh, really, my my, I don't think you can beat the Baron Zemo and Fixer scene. That was hysterical. The, the Fixer, uh, you know, complains that. Uh, Baron Zemo is acting ridiculous for thinking people should give him a shot and says, you know, it's like if I dressed up in a Hitler outfit and a mustache and was
1: complaining I didn't get a good table of chilies. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 that was good. It's just a fun book. I, I just love no, the heck I, out know, of it. Book. For all the
2: fun we had, too, and it's a completely superior foes book. It works itself perfectly into continuity to get us right to the beginning of this Beatle's one other appearance in the uh, the Bucky Cap, Captain America title when she was working for Baron Zemo. You know, it's it's great, fun comics, and it also makes continuity work. That's what I like to see from a writer.
1: Man, I read that Bucky Cap team-up book, and I don't remember her in it. Yeah, she there I mean, was. A, I'm sorry, I can't make it.
2: You know, it was a completely forgettable new female beetle that just popped up in that, and that's all she was, and nobody really remembered her. Until, you know, she, you know, the next time she was seen was part of the new Sinister Six and, and Superior Spider-Man number one, and then this book. And this book is the only thing that's given her character.
0: Yeah. the um, Love One thing I, I want to say about this, that I noticed it, uh, you know, because I picked this up just because you guys were like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever, you know, yeah. in the history of mankind. <laughs> um... <laughs> so I went and picked it up. One thing I noticed was, they're—I mean—they are very funny. Yeah. But there is so much going on. You could literally read it, put it down, come back, read it again an hour later or the next day or something, and f- and and see shit that you missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going it's through a, there. Th-
2: yeah, you I get think. your money's worth. That's the brilliance of Steve Lieber. Um, you know I. I, I'm talking about Steve Lieber talking on the internet a lot in this review it seems like but um, just like a night or two ago I saw him tweet that you know he had this he was just looking at this finished page of superior foes and saw this little blank spot in the background of one panel and was like damn it I can put a sight gag in there so he went back to work on it and mm-hmm. that that's is the awesome. artist you've got on this book and that is why one of the reasons this book is so phenomenal, him and Nick Spencer I think they're one of the great collaborative teams working right now yeah, yeah, really, really good book. And you know, yeah. to the listeners, if you haven't figured it out yet, we really, really <laughs> think you should pick up your books, Spider-Man.
0: Well, let me, let me, <laughs> let me put it this way, right? You guys, I, I, I think you know, you guys know how hard I am to please, especially mm-hmm. with all the shit right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so for me to come by and say, boy, did Marvel hit it out of the park with this one! you know when when i hate oh i don't know probably 90% of anything that they that they have out right now oh, and where it's a i a
2: spider-man family book at that
0: you know i mean that should tell you something go and pick this damn thing up hopefully when when all the <laughs> superior stuff is over and honestly, I you know, keep calling it superior foes. If this is the one legacy that that, that, that period has, oh my god, what a legacy to have. Yep. Yeah, no damn straight. Yeah.
2: Mean, for anybody that's been listening to the podcast for a long time, I don't think you can I don't think you can get a better endorsement that George Berryman thinks this book was superior off the cover was <laughs> <is> good.
1: <laughs> and all three of us like it.
2: Yeah. So that's rare too. Unusual. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's me for the month. That's that's six books and five A's. Can you believe it?
1: Five A's, one D? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, let's get some lower grades going. Um, (laughs) Amazing Spider Man 700.2. We're wrapping up David Morrell's two parter. And if I help me uh, with my memory a little bit, gang, did I give this one an A last month? You gave it a decent grade. I don't remember what the. I I think it was either a B or an A. It was Um, good, though. It was very good. And then I I don't know what it was. I didn't dig this one. As I recall, you
0: gave it an FU. Last month,
1: <laughs> no, I no, I liked didn't. it a lot. That,
0: that was uh, nice
1: This one uh, is uh, the second part of Frost, written by David Morrell, Klaus Janssen. We discussed this last time on the podcast about how he sent in a, an inferior script and it and it got printed. Accidentally, he says he has a better script than what was printed, and I believe him. No, that's that's
2: not uh, what he said exactly, Brad. Um, okay, hit me up. What happened what was said. this was this was written so long ago, and I misspoke last on the last podcast. I said it was about two years yeah. ago. It wasn't. It was two thousand seven. Um, okay. This was written seven years ago, which is pre one more day, um, and so when brand new day hit. They start, the, uh, apparently, the editors at the time did a lot of little rewrites on his script to try to cram in a lot of that early, brand new day style humor and stuff. And uh, he said there's also, you know, mistakes like doubled uh, captions and stuff. He sent in a whole bunch of corrections, and the version that was released was the uncorrected version. Okay. Although they said they're going to fix it for the trade. <laughs> So, you paid $4 for it, got
1: screwed. I, uh, hi, I'm Brad. I got screwed. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> basically, at, at the end of it, uh, Peter's uh, spider sense is going off that Aunt May's in trouble. And I don't know if that's how Spider sense works, but nope. uh, it's a it's a it's a blizzard that is hitting New York City. So he has to go across town to Aunt May's house where a tree fell through the the roof, and she's freezing. But before he gets there, he pulls a Carly Cooper and takes every distraction to get there. Uh, but he but uh, I can understand why he did it. He, there was a there was a burning building he had to do th- he had to uh get some people out of a burning building because you know Spider-Man's never done that before. He did it in Spider-Man 2 and 3, but you know, he doesn't do it that often. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh the the pipes are frozen, the fire department can't uh open up the pipes, so he does a <laughs> karang. That's uh he opens up the pipes and Spider-Man lets the the water flow when he gets some people out of the uh the top floor and he was like, "How do I wh- where do all these people in the apartment building go if they're freezing?" Take them to the s- Take him to the subway. Get down there, folks. So they start going down to the subway. (sighs) Anyway, Aunt May, still cold, still freezing. Oh, my spider sense has never been stronger. Aunt May is calling him out. I stopped too long, Aunt May passes to the ground. Uh, Then he... um, So he has a mystical spider
2: spider sense connection with Aunt May in this book, huh?
1: I guess so. The power of love is getting him across town. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, he did get up his wife for He swings across a bridge, and he notices that an ambulance is stuck in the snow. And says uh, Spider- he, he hops on top of the ambulance, and it goes, whoomp. And the, the the meds go, Spider-Man, I'll try to clear the drifts. So he takes the, the sign that says Queens, next exit, and he becomes a snow plow. He starts shoveling snow out of the bridge. And he goes. I can't quite clear the, whole, clear the whole bridge. We'll soon run out of gas, and then the woman in here will freeze, along with the rest of you. So, uh, Spider-Man uh, just randomly, it just so happens, a snowplow is coming across the bridge, and he decides to fall asleep. And uh, so the, he hits the ambulance that goes off the bridge. Spider-Man shoots a web, grabs the ambulance, pulls it back up.
0: Wait, uh, what, th-
1: the, what the hell happened?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm like, Who
1: falls Why? asleep? okay the the ambulance he cleared as much off the bridge for the ambulance driver, and all of a sudden a snow plow is coming across Got that the now road. who falls asleep? the snow plow driver why and, uh, it all I, all the caption I have is, been driving all night. I can't stay awake the <laughs> the the mat, the mat <laughs> wore off and then he just lost off he hits the ambulance the ambulance goes off spider-man flips him, pulls the ambulance back up and he hops. In the snow plow of the guy, uh, he goes, uh, I can't get warm. I wish I could take you where you want to go, but the nearest hospital is ten miles in the opposite direction. Then I need to plow the other side of the highway, and another ambulance might need to get through, or I'll just fall asleep. I understand. In your place, I do the same. So Spider-Man starts hoofing it, and all of a sudden you hear, ha, 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 and Spider-Man gets hit in the head with a snowball by the Hobgoblin. What? And then uh the Rhino hits him in the head with a snowball and then you have a two-page spread of of uh vulture, Sandman, Rhino, Scorpion, Electro, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Lizard, Mysterio and an oddly dressed Venom. I don't know. I oh this must be um Civil War. Well, who, who who bought the uh, the Venom suit? It, after that auction at Marvel Knights. Who bought that? Was that uh, a guy who only had it for one issue? Anyway, Venom has yellow armbands on his shoulders. It looks really weird. That's new. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Um, anyway, I didn't realize you were
2: reviewing Marvel Knights Spider-Man at this
1: point. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's a seven-year-old book, dude. Uh, (laughs) So Spider-Man just falls to the ground, passed out from a snowball fight from his biggest foes. Uh, But then, that's that's cheesy. I'm sorry, that's cheesy, (laughs) but... And 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 we get more cheese with our cheddar
0: but because snowball, snowball fighting with people who have routinely tried to kill you. I'm assuming
2: yeah. this was a hallucination because he's. Uh, yeah, he,
0: he's he's too damn cold. His uh, web shooters is
1: frozen. I
2: mean, if if that's not a hallucination in the comic, I'm going to go ahead and say it is because damn.
1: Yeah, he he he's hallucinating, and then when he's hallucinating, who who else do you think would be a standard hallucination? Or Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben. I'm with you, Peter. Only a little farther, and one step after another, you can make it, Peter. But how can you? I'm always in your heart, Peter. I'm always here if you need me. Now that isn't cheesy, but this whole damn thing is just—it's it, it, too damn sweet. I'm
2: just struck with the fact that when you know David Morrell was complaining about the issue, he was talking about how he, uh, you know, was delivering was delivering you something you really hadn't seen before. I don't. I don't well, hear any of that.
1: <laughs> no, it's very. It's a very standard Spider-Man story. The first one had a lot of promise. This one. It just it, it, it it's not delivering it for me. So Spider Man finally, with the help of Uncle Ben, makes a damp maze house. The old bats passed out on the on the floor from too much sex. No wait this whoa, is whoa,
0: whoa, 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 Hey. whoa <laughs> hey.
1: Hey. So sorry, so sorry. Oh. This is free Jameson Senior. I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Peter of course whips off his mask and, and props you all brought up and uh, turns on some candles and, and uh, starts some hot tea. And, and he's walking around the house. She's propped up. Her eyes are kind of open. This is what's bothering me. And uh, he's got his mask off, just uh, giving her some hot tea to warm her up. At one point, she lays his head on his chest. Come on, Aunt May, and wake up. And anyway, uh, then the, the television pops on the electrics back, and the heat house starts heating up. With the uh, tree in the middle of it? Huh, the tree's not there. I'm, look, I'm, look, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the looking at the uh, the care where The tree's gone. Yeah, okay.
2: I, mean, I, I was wondering uh, how the internal heat was going to work very well with a huge tree hole, but I guess that got taken care of. I forget.
0: None of it. anything that you've said oh, makes I, any goddamn sense. <laughs> I,
1: they they addressed the the tree hole. That sounds bad. Anyways, uh, Peter decides to take off his costume and wake the old man up. And uh, she, she uh, wakes up, and uh, he goes down to the basement. He gets a saw in the summer and he <laughs> hammers up her. He hammers up her bathroom. Oh, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, he he hammers up her bathroom hole. <laughs> it writes There's itself. A, it's a hole in her bathroom. Your penthouse. <laughs> and he he chops the log <laughs> of wood that. Uh, <laughs> So the, then he mops up the floor, <laughs>
0: clean up the spill on aisle nine. <laughs> uh,
1: so then Peter decides to shovel the driveway for her, and uh, he, he uh, basically uh, is tired, and he falls asleep in his own old bed next to a picture of Aunt Uncle Ben with his roses. That we never knew he was much of a gardener, but uh, the last shot. Of the book is a house, Aunt May's house covered in snow, with a uh, image of
0: Uncle Ben out with his roses out in the front, and possibly a tree or not a tree in the middle of the house. <laughs> There's no
1: tree in the middle of the house anymore.
0: I, I don't know. What that's Uncle about Ben, history. it's
1: pruning his roses. Who? Uh, Mind set of this. It, it it was just. It had a lot of potential in the beginning. But uh, I just didn't like several aspects, just this, this, the distractions. They've been there, done that. The the uh, the fake memory, or the, the hallucinations of Uncle Ben, the hallucinations of of his famous villains fighting him. That's all been done before. Like Jr. even mentioned this last time that this issue he's read before somehow. The only nice aspect of this that was any good was the uh, addition of Uncle Ben being a gardener and. Uh, Inter- intermix that with the cold of it.
2: I thought yeah, that was but, nice. So thank God we paid eight dollars to to get that Uncle Ben liked
1: plants.
0: You know what makes this makes me think of Brad now that uh, now that you just broke it down that way about how you hate that. How I, I hate the I, the repetitiveness yes, of the. the I'm I should, I'm thinking oh, yeah. back now to the funeral issue right after Marla died. Okay. And I was like, I hate this kind of crap where it's just like we're going to throw every goddamn character that's ever been in the book in here through this, and it's like it's shit we've seen before. And you were like, No, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Now this is <laughs> this is the best book. I- <laughs> I'm,
1: not, I'm not talking like this, George. <laughs> Love that
0: spot on Brad
2: impression.
1: <laughs> thank you. God, uh-uh. thank. <laughs> All right, seven hundred point three. Can we? Th- that was average. Are we going to go up or? Above? Above a C or below a C? What do you guys think? Pretty poor average. I think you're going to go below a C. George is correct. (laughs) Uh, This one is uh, written by someone I don't really care for in the past, Mr. Joe Casey. Oh, and yeah, (laughs) I'm not a fan of Joe Casey at all. Uh, And Timothy Green on pencils. So uh, Spider-Man is fighting a villain I've never heard of. His name is Firebrand. Are you guys familiar with Firebrand? Yeah, sounds vaguely familiar. He looks like the Human Torch only pissed. Uh, <laughs> so Spider-Man is kind of going through the motions. He's like, oh, this guy's not much threat. Uh, let's face it, you're no Doc Ock, as a quote. And that really pisses Brand off. So he grabs him by the throat, shoves him up against the wall, and burns the holy shit out of him. <laughs> he... Has more, he is, is a burn victim. His whole face is deformed. His whole body has whelps on it. Uh, Spider-Man is unrecognizable. Just every bit of Spider-Man is melted. His face, etc., Uh, And Firebrand, after that mess, passes out. So does Spider-Man. All the only caption out of Spider-Man you hear is, uh," And that's it. So uh, a black ambulance rolls up. And that ought to tell you there's something wrong, because ambulances are white. There's not usually black ambulances. That means it must be the bad guys. And evidently, it's a bad ambulance crew. And they pick up the villain, and they're like, Let's get him in the back. Oh, there's another guy. Let's get him in the back. And then they take him. Someplace uh, I forget what the name of this this hospital is, but basically it's a hospital for villains. All
0: right. <laughs> so so uh, I could, I, I mean, what do you say to that? So,
1: so <laughs> anyway, there's a sinis- there's sinister nurses, there's sinister doctors, and Spider Man is bandaged up. He looks like the living mummy. And they don't know who he is, but they know who Firebrand is. But you can't tell who Spider-Man is because all of his flesh is melted. And um, the main villain is called the Surgeon General. <laughs> I am the well, Surgeon. Oh,
0: there you go. It's, it's you like go. the reverse of Night
1: Nurse. It's, yeah. it's, they even referenced that in this in this two-parter. They were like, well, the good guys have Night Nurse, and this, we are for the no, villains. No, the
0: bad guys have Night Nurse, too.
1: Well, there's also they... somebody
2: already called Nightmare Nurse.
0: Oh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, this is the bad hospital,
1: uh, basically. God. And uh, the shocker is in here.
0: Uh, yeah, because he somebody just the, put him in a trunk and threw him off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the I'm him in of <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, a
0: fucking
1: river. So anyway, um, uh, uh. the Surgeon General at the, the last page, you're like, you know what? The nurse runs in... Uh, and yells to the surgeon general. Firebrand emerged from his coma. He was speaking. He told me who we brought in with him. The burn victim. You have no idea. The whole operation has been compromised. The patient we're treating is. I know who it is. It's Spider Man. To be continued.
0: Okay. okay. That was shit.
1: There's
2: D, a cliffhanger going to make you that, pay
0: that's the So far. Wait a minute, Brad. A, whoa, whoa. Why is that a D and not an F? What was the redeeming that, part of that? I like the idea
1: of an uh, of where supervillains go. Oh, Brad. If Oh like that, God. I, I thought you stopped what, after you said that to highlight how stupid it was.
0: Yeah, you well, you you gave a dramatic pause because you and we were so dumbstruck we couldn't even speak. <laughs>
1: <But an> a, <laughs> so it, so
0: you throw that out there and then you are like, well, no, I like that part. What the fuck? No no,
1: no, no, dude, no, it's 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 not an A idea. It's a D idea. It's not, <laughs> but it's not great either. But okay, so we got a D. I, the the thing that put it over the top for me is you can't scar Spider Man that much. You can't. You can't burn him to a crisp where he's unrecognizable and you can't even see his face. And he's a
0: burn victim. You don't recover from that. He's not Dad Wolverine. That should give it an F right there. The writer doesn't even understand the main All character's right. powers.
1: Which makes me give it an F. Because it is an F. All right, it's an F. I got talked down to an F. So All right. We so. had In the last story,
2: the writer <laughs> didn't understand Spider-Sense. And in this story, the writer doesn't understand Spider-Man's healing.
1: Who are we hiring? I don't understand. However... <laughs> There's a backup story oh, because gosh. it it, it would've ended right there but there's another story because all of this could have easily fit in Amazing Spider-Man extra. Uh this one is called Cat and Mouse, uh written by Jen Van Meter and Emma Rios and, and I think th- this team did the Black Cat uh mini series uh, right after Brand New Day came out. Right. So, all right. There's a guy getting a divorce. He's a rich dude. Black Cat walks in costume with a guy dressed in a Spider-Man costume. And uh, evidently it's a masquerade ball or something like that. It's called a divorce party. And evidently he's already engaged again, this Miles Martin. Anyway, is this
0: going to be like a key party? You know what that is? Have you heard of those (laughs) Is a key party? No, what's a key party? It's where where all these swinger couples get together and they basically put all their keys in a bag and then like... Whoever key, whoever's key you pull out of the bag, that's who that's whose room you go back with. It's exactly like that. Okay, so it's a key party. Oh my god, I was that's disturbing.
1: Anyway, um, so uh, Spider Man, uh, Black Cat says, "Hey, I got a th- this guy that's getting a divorce. He's he's wanted. By, he's suspected by the police of stealing artwork." And that he's going to be destroying some of the artwork. So the black cat needs to investigate. And since there's so many people at this party, his security system is down. Because uh, with this many people in the house, it can't track how many are going in and out or something like that. So he turned the system off. And that's the perfect opportunity for the black cat to look around and see if this dude does indeed have a whole bunch of famous artwork. So she busts into his huge vault. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she walks through, and the lights come on. She and someone says, "The black cat! I can't believe it's really you." And it's a little teenager dressed like a black cat. It's
0: got a little hoodie. She's got ears. And oh, I uh, like where this is going. <laughs> this is dirty. <laughs> and, Keep going, Brad. I'm, uh, I'm, getting, some, I'm getting more comfortable. Keep going. This is then good. There's
1: some seventies music that's played yes. by Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Get it on. I did that for you last month, by the way, Kevin. Do you like that? Oh yeah,
2: it, it, <laughs> it was required.
1: That but was very for funny. the record,
2: I believe it was sexual healing, not it uh, was sexual
1: healing. I apologize <laughs> all right uh, anyway. um come to find out this is the daughter of the guy that's a rich guy, and the the little girl is destroying artwork to get the black cat 's attention because she's uh upset that uh, mom and daddy are fighting and getting a divorce. So, um, the dad finds out that the girl is doing this and wants to kill the daughter. So, the black cat... Exactly. Uh, The black cat says, oh, he's coming. So, they uh, rush up into the raptors and uh, hide up out on the roof. And in the meantime, it's revealed that the guy wearing the Spider-Man mask is indeed a, uh, a cop. And now he can go get a warrant and get the guy arrested. And the... Another Spider-Man person is put in the trunk. The young little daughter is kept in the trunk and comes out. And What? Uh, bl- exactly. I'm, I'm lost. I am too. The, the dad wants to kill the kid because... Uh, Got
0: that part. Exactly.
1: So this is so a D. Bl- so, <laughs> this is a D. The artwork's really pretty. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't anyway. mean to cut
0: you off. I'm just like... What? What is... What? Yeah, I lost yeah. The
2: complete track of, like... And there's a spider to get out in the trunk, and she's in the trunk, because... And, and then there's and, a trunk, and
0: then the daddy's in the trunk, but, and then he can arrest but, someone.
2: Dad,
1: Dad wants to kill the daughter, <laughs> because she... You're, you're going way back to where we understood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write the damn thing. You, you uh, had me at key party, then you lost me real quick. <laughs> Anyway,
1: the guy in the Spider-Man suit was a cop. He can now go get his warrant from the judge. In the meantime, Black Cat rescued the daughter from the killing father. So there you go. Swinger party to invest? No, no. Won the, the part- swinger party? Good. Oh. God, it, money. Are you were lying oh, about that part? I was lying about that part. It wasn't. Then why is it an F? Story.
0: Oh Lordy, you guys. D D. I'm <laughs> speaking to it. All right, I know, 700- hang on, Brad. Hang on. Now I got I to point this out. This is like... Uh, pissed i paid four bucks for this i, I, I know and I'm, about, I'm about to point something out here now okay <laughs> go ahead, go this, ahead. Is, this is the spider-man crawl space podcast it, it's the, the the biggest spider-man podcast on the planet earth there may be a bigger one on mars i don't know but uh, you have you have the number one spider-man podcast on earth okay. your site is visited by anyone who wants to know about spider-man this is the ultimate source people come here right all right, and so so you are a very influential Spider Power player. Thank you. Why do you have to review the shit books? Why can't you just take Superior and make Kevin review all this other crap?
1: Because <laughs> that's the kind of nice guy I am. I mean, you're the do- boss. Right? I'm the boss doing the doing the manual labor of yeah, these books. Yeah, un-
2: but until the boss pays for these books, I'm not buying them.
0: Yeah, that's the boss. I'm the boss that doesn't pay. That's that's what guy <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> I. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good point. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I mean, right,
2: right. you just you add up the amount I'm already paying for Spider books a month. I'm not buying this shit.
0: And somewhere in a chat window, a Skype chat window Kevin's pointing out, "Fuck you, bear.
1: <laughs> Let's move eat on to 73.46. <laughs> that one uh, this one is called Super Villain General. Uh, <laughs> we're back to deform Spider-Man. Oh, the Black Lodge—that's what's the name of the hospital the is the Black
2: Lodge. Lodge. That, yeah, okay. Black
1: Lodge. I apologize. Uh, this is part two called Voluntary Discharge, which is what's all uh, over my. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going. Anyway, uh, so the Surgeon General, uh, he. he he gathers He gathers the whole medical team, and, he, and he's saying, hey, gang, listen, Spider-Man's a patient here. I don't want this to be a cause for an alarm. This is merely an unfortunate situation that we must cope. We're healers. We take an oath, and I refuse to let this aberration deter us. Our operation, clandestine as it is, was never without risk. We all knew what we were signing up for. Sir, are we expected to actually treat him? Should we execute him? Should we evacuate right away? No, I don't get this far by overreacting. There are ways to deal with this. Anyway, he goes to talk about how we're not messing with Captain America. This is just Spider-Man. He's Really? An anti- Has he lived in the Marvel Universe for long? I know. He's like, <laughs> Spider-Man is an anti-hero at best, often maligned in the legitimate papers. Not exactly Cap. He's not going to be missed. Mistake number one Cut to Spider-Man <laughs> Ed, Looking deformed as hell Wrapped in bandages uh, The Surgeon General walks in and, and basically tries to scare the shit out of him And um, Spider-Man is like Why haven't they caught on that I'm Spider-Man yet So he goes next door to a patient And he was like I'm looking for volunteers to go squash a spider So I think they're going to Take a bit off of their bill If they go help uh, exterminate this bug so, his spider sense goes off, and he was like, Oh, I'm at Aunt May must be cold. No, 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 these <laughs> guys get me.
2: <laughs> that is what that means.
1: So, uh, a big dude, I got no who, idea who he is. He looks like Luke Cage's brother. If Luke Cage and the Kingpin had a kid, what? Uh, <laughs> this guy's just massive. Uh, anyway, uh, Spider-Man has lines like, what are you trying to shank me in the shower, Puffy? Oh, my God, Brad, (laughs) I pity you for having to review this crap. And then a dude that looks like a tiger, I think I've seen him before, he looks like a bangled tiger. He busts through the door, uh, and he throws Spider-Man up against the wall. Again, he looks like the the wrapped mummy. Is this Spider-Man or Midnight Express? What the hell are you reading, Douglas? You messed up. Bug Man, and then the, the Luke Cage slash Kingpin wannabe vomits all over Spider-Man with green vomit. What the hell? Oh yeah, it's the new vulture. I guess so, and Spider-Man goes, wow, is that what you're in here for? Extreme halitosis? Um,
0: and then Man Bull we... walks in and nails everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then- Another line, well, you know what they say, admitting you have a problem is the first step. To keep jabbering, the better the quip, the better better the beat down. Bingle says. Good point, excuse me. Bingle flies up against the wall. Okay, now we've got to mess Fuck. with the vomiting, large uh, Luke Cage. Uh, what <laughs> happened? Oh, the eel. Is this the eel? Who is this guy? Uh, Clearly somebody made an impression. Somebody rolls in in a wheelchair. And chocks the shit out of the whole room. A Spider-Man just flies to the ground, and uh, the the vomiting large man goes out the window. Uh, let's see. <sighs> then he starts beating up the Bengal, the Bengal tiger, and um, the the uh, the hospital is blowing up. Everything's on fire. Uh, Spider-Man rescues the electric eel or whoever it is in the bingo, and lands on the ground. And he magically rips off his bandages, and his ha- his face is healed. Uh, so evidently, the writer thinks that Spider-Man has a, a slow Wolverine healing factor, which is not
0: true. Well, no, wait a minute. Hang, hang on. Yeah, does he? He he heals more than the average guy, but he can't recover from third, fourth degree burns. Well, can now, he? was this hospital using? Extraordinary means to heal him? No, he was just wrapped up in bandages. I don't know. Well, maybe I mean, they put. A- do you know what they-, they were doing to him,
1: though? I, well, you would think they'd have a line like maybe uh,
0: they'd put a paste or something or a cream. <laughs> it, maybe maybe they got a mage on staff. Maybe they got you know. I mean, maybe you know. I- I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's in, like, a supervillain hospital tells me, well, maybe maybe he's recovering from something because they're doing something to him.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Here's the line that is the out for the writer, I think. Uh, the guy's a hell of a surgeon. I'm just glad he thought I was a crook when I went under the knife. Speaking of which, the longer I hang around here, the easier it'll be for the man to pin some bizarre arson rap on me for the nightmare. So basically, how can you... Can you get plastic surgery to recover your face perfectly well from third, fourth degree burns? Well, I don't think no, so. No,
2: and especially not if you said after he was already in bandages and whatnot, you said he was still a mess.
1: Yeah, he was a mess.
2: You could so it definitely wouldn't plastic surgery because plastic surgery doesn't take a while to take effect.
1: That that just took took me out of it. He looked a hundred percent better, ninety percent better. So anyway, um, the 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 theme of the last point two, three, four issues is Spider-Man ends each issue by laying in bed. Really? So after, That's a good so theme. He, okay. Yeah, he he again falls asleep in his bed. Thank goodness the, the story is over. Alright, we have another Well, you didn't sp- give a grade to that one. Oh, F. Oh, F. <laughs> Hate. I absolutely hated that story, honestly. I really did. Okay. The only good thing about it, I, I like the idea of where do villains go to heal. Night and nurse. and I guess, I don't know. <laughs> just, uh, anyway, I mean, I'm
2: just saying, it's uh, you're not wrong, it's not a bad question, it's just that it's already been answered.
1: Well, not for, not for the villains go to Night Nurse also? Night yeah, yeah, the Nurse the whole, has,
0: yeah, has seen villains.
2: Night Nurse's whole thing is like, you're in here, you, you're not fighting each other, I'm just healing people.
0: She's like the Leslie Tompkins of the Marvel Universe.
2: She's like that costume uh, guy, that tailor that Spider-Man went to in the JMS days.
0: He's a tailor for whoever. You're in here. I'm just a tailor. Yeah, Spider-Man's in there, and then Scorpion's going to be in there in like in two hours.
1: All right, there's uh, another small backup story probably about f- uh 6-7 pages. Uh about the story of Casey Mitchell. Casey Mitchell goes to P- uh public school 2122 20- in New York City. He he's a-, a kid that likes to wear uh superhero t-shirts and get uh bullied. By a he guy. He likes to get that- bullied. That's- well, he doesn't like it, but he does get bullied. <laughs> but he uh like in the science lab they dump stuff on his head. He gets hit by pumpkin bombs. Somebody throws pumpkins at him. A guy dressed uh, in a green striped shirt that looks like the Sandman is his biggest bully. And so uh, at one point, all the uh, the guys have him, and they, they're getting ready to punch him. And he's like, you better not do that. Spider-Man's my bodyguard, and if you mess with me, Spider-Man will get you. And the guy was like, well, you have exactly, uh, what is it, a, a day for Spider-Man to come and protect you I bet I know the so, touching place this is going so uh, the kid goes uh, all over New York City trying to find Spider-Man he finally tries sp- and he finally sp- spots him he goes Spider-Man excuse me sir but I I need your help and he swings away so he goes to the corner and finds a bum And, a b- <laughs> Wait, and are you saying p- a
2: kid is telling Spider-Man that he needs Spider-Man's help and Spider-Man just swings away Yep. Uh, I'm out sp-
1: <laughs> uh, and Spider-Man, I guess, doesn't hear him, and he, and he swings off. Yeah, because Spider-Man's sp- got real bad hearing. Oh, he can hear Aunt May across town, evidently. Um, uh, looks, looks like i can still catch the tail end of my favorite soap opera, is what Spider-Man's balloon says as he swings off, and the kid yells, I need your help. So anyway, he goes and talks to a bum, an overweight bum, and he takes the bum to Joe's costume shop, and the bum's gut is hanging out over the co- Spider-Man costume. And he pays the bum uh, some money, but the bum just uh, really just screws the kid and takes his money and walks away. So the kid goes, I wonder how I can get Spider-Man's attention. I'm going to climb to the top of a building and set something on fire. Whoops! Oh, the fire's out of control! And Spider-Man swings and goes, you rang? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you! And Spider-Man, he goes, oh, I'm getting bullied at school, can you please uh, help me? And uh Spider-Man goes, how can I trust someone who would torture uh, uh, the front, top of a rooftop and, to get my attention? Sorry, kid, you're on your own with this one. What? So anyway, exactly. So then he goes back to school, he gets bullied again, and the clock is still ticking that this Sandman wannabe is going to beat him up. And he goes, uh, so where's your bodyguard, Casey? Guess He got tied up. I lied. What's that? I lied. Spider-Man's not my bodyguard. And then you hear, Casey, are you there? This is, if this is a bad timing, I can uh, come back later. And Spider-Man is there, and everybody is uh, amazed that Spider-Man is actually his bodyguard. And then you cut to a scene of Spider-Man, uh, the little kid holding on to the back of Spider-Man's back as they're swinging through the uh, city. And he goes, next time you want my attention, don't uh, set a fire. Okay. Um, that was a forced sentimentality. Wow. Well, I know. you had eight eight pages to tell it. Who wrote know. that? Uh, I I just threw the book away. No, I'm not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, I not just literally, read it. just threw it on the other side of the floor. I don't know who wrote it, but I, Jesus. I, I said anyway. Uh, C minus maybe D plus. It, it's just enough. It's again, it's forced. It's it's uh it's a forced. It's it's forcing emotions, isn't it? I mean, you could see the ending of that coming, couldn't you? Yeah, the very beginning. I mean, very easily. Uh, now, uh, the last issue, 700.5. Probably the best of all of them. Probably the best. Uh, at least artwork-wise, uh, I like Sean Chen. Sean Chen uh, rebooted Iron Man with Kurt Busiek back in the 90s. Uh, just an underrated artist. He, I think he did some sensational Spider-Man back in the day. I definitely know he did that awesome Rogues Gallery page of a ton of Spider-Man villains. Chen?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, he did that whole little three-issue like focusing on the women in Spider-Man's life around the unmasked era with Roberto Aguirre Sacasa.
1: Exactly. Good, good artist. Excellent L- artist. You know, this is going to look really good. We wake up, Spider-Man is in bed. Again, it's a theme through all five issues. Uh, the name of this one is called Spider-Man, the Human Torch Save the Universe. This has the Fantastic Four in it. Spider-Man is awoken in bed by Johnny Storm coming in uh, and saying, I'm in serious trouble I need your help. Uh, so uh, Johnny and Peter know each other's identity at this point, which is a fairly new revelation, right? Now, I don't think it was until the human, to- the the slot, Human Torch mini that it was revealed. Is that am I correct, or am I off? I don't know.
0: I, th- I think I'm right.
1: <laughs> Let's just say. You it. If well, right.
0: hang, hang on a minute now. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was I later d- because of no, never. No, I can't keep track of this shit anymore.
1: I wish we had Bertoni or, or Jr. on. Well, I, mean, I I I, th- I think Slots Mini is where it was revealed. I think
0: it, where they finally w- revealed each other. Anyway, it was, but then we had the Mephisto deal or the non-Mephisto deal or what the hell ever, and the psychic blind spot. And then didn't it, didn't he reveal it again to him?
1: Yeah, he he did. He, originally, when he s- threw his mask, they off, were fighting on a planet or something. It was like a headless. Person because of the mind yeah rate. yeah okay. I, I suspect this one takes place after one more day because he's in an apartment and they know each other's identity. Anyway, so he needlessly into... jumbled
0: all of it. Oh.
1: <laughs> anyway, there's a uh, he needs help. He needs saved by Ree Richards, uh, and uh, he goes, "What's wrong?" And and there, uh, Johnny has a bag with a device in it that could cause the universe to, to collapse. And he can't let Reed Richards get a hold of it, uh, because Reed will end the universe. And, and Peter is like, how did this happen? Well, a uh, in the middle of the night, when he was in bed, Johnny Storm was awoken by a, uh old thing. And that sounds bad, but the thing has a beard... And he was like, I'm from, Ben Grimm goes, I'm from the future, and in the future we all have beards, which I thought was actually kind of funny. I I forgot who, who, uh, say who wrote this, which was Brian Reed, which is, he's hot and cold for me. I liked his Miss Marvel stuff. I uh, like, yeah, I really liked his Miss Marvel. I I agree. Anyway, he showed him a picture of every member of the Fantastic Four has beards. Isn't Sue? (laughs) Let's just say she's not (laughs) shaven. Oh, my god. Anyway, Ben Grimm hands the bag to Johnny Storm and says, you're in charge of this. Whatever you do, Reed actually actually sets it off, and boom, it all kind of happens. You have to keep it away from Reed, and uh, everything will be okay. And then the old thing disappears, and and Peter goes, that's insane. And uh, it just so happens the Fantastic Four show up outside Peter's window. And... uh, Johnny freaks out, flames on, flies away. Peter puts on the mask, swings through the city, trying to get a hold of the, of the human torch. And um, they, they're they in... What, what do they call the the bathtub that they fly around fantastic in? Fantastic car. The fantastic car. They're all flying or around the, bathtub. the fantastic That works. I, they often call it the bathtub. Somebody's, I think Spider-Man's called no it No one's the called
0: it the, the bathtub. No, they haven't.
1: Ah, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I, bullshit on that. Anyway... um they're like, where is he headed? Oh no, not there! And and uh, Spider Man actually says, "Son of a biscuit." And then uh, Johnny Storm is knocking on a door, and guess who? When you open the door, in a Spider Man book, guess who's standing on the other side of the door? Mary Jane. Boom! In her classic Ramita Senior uh, outfit, yeah, with the the face of tiger expression on her, and. Uh, Mary Jane hugs Johnny and Johnny of course says, if "I'd known I'd get a hug like that was waiting for me. I would have come over here sooner." <laughs> That's a direct quote. Hey, he's
0: a big Mary Jane fan from a long, from a while back.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, he's he loves Mary Jane. Uh, she was like, "What uh what's in the bag there, Johnny?" <laughs>
0: What are they talking? They're talking like game show people. Suddenly, Brett.
1: What's in the bag, Johnny? Anyway, uh, I need a place to hide. What's in the bag? I can't imagine any. Oh, I can't imagine anything important. Is my apartment about to be invaded by the mole men, Mary Jane ass? And uh, I don't expect any mole men today. But uh, Sue uh, makes her wall invisible, and the Fantastic Four are on the other side of it, and they're like, "Come on out here, hey Red." And he stomps on her floor, and Mary Jane goes, I just waxed that floor. And uh, Sue goes, hi, Mary Jane, and Reed goes, hi, Miss Watson.
2: Yeah, I don't feel like this is uh, post one more day. uh, Why? I I don't think they have this relationship with Mary
0: Jane anymore. Yeah, why would they be this close with Mary Jane unless... They they knew about. I, I mean, what do
1: you
2: think
0: of this? What, 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 what I time don't period? know
2: that any of this necessarily fits into continuity
0: period. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, I, a, it would make more sense if it was the Avengers because even though she wasn't married to him, she was just in that long term, I'm living with you and I'm you know committed to you, but we're not married at all because it would age us. Um, period. At least they lived in the Avengers Tower.
2: Yeah, except for the whole, (laughs) in the recent Superior Spider-Man Captain in America, like, how did that woman get this number?
1: I have no idea where it sits. It's very confusing. It's just a. It doesn't sound like it's
2: something you're supposed to be able to figure uh, out.
1: So anyway, they are all sitting in Mary Jane's apartment. They're all sitting around staring at the bag. And the the item that is uh, supposed to end the universe is called the Calvin mechanism. So Peter goes, you know, what the heck? I'm just gonna open the bag. Be careful, Peter. And Mary Jane says, and Peter goes, Oh no, oh no! And he pulls out a paper that's sa- a paper sheet of paper out of the bag, and says, Ha ha! The Calvin mechanism doesn't do nothing. Gotcha, kiddo. Love Ben. So Ben has pulled a practical joke on him, and he used a time machine to uh, the uh, the future. Ben pulled a, a practical joke on Johnny from the future. So well,
2: that was kind of a reckless
1: joke. That's the issue. Uh, so so uh, we got we got another we got another little bit. Uh cut to Spider Man laying in bed. Again. What the <laughs> hell? This bastard's in bed for point five issues, I tell you what. So uh Ben Grimm is at in the uh the Baxter building, he's having a sandwich, and all of a sudden uh a a Johnny Storm from the future with a beard comes through and he goes, Ben, I'm from the future and I need your help. Anyway, um he was like too late, kid. I'm not going to fall for it, and so uh Johnny disappears, and then the and world goes,
2: explodes' because he was
1: telling me <laughs> and then uh it's and then it says the end or is it the beginning? No, it's the end uh Benjamin uh, see out of this. it's not horrible i like I always like Johnny and Ben playing practical jokes on it. uh It's confusing where Mary Jane and Peter relationship lies how it's, it's from continuity, guys. Like, Britonia, this would probably drive him nuts.
2: Well, and therein lies <laughs> the entire problem with the conceit of Morday. Like, you, if you ever try to set a story somewhere in the past now, like, what, how do you do it? Yeah.
1: Uh, how much you
0: pay for four, that, Brad? Four bucks, baby. Wow. Four bucks. <laughs> I paid five issues. I'm out 20. Wow. Exactly. Uh, hold on. You know how much <laughs> money I save by doing the podcast? <laughs>
2: And by the way, I looked him up, the guy that did that uh, overly sappy short story with the kid in 700.4, a guy named Clay McLeod Chapman. Never heard of him. That's because he's done one issue of Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and one issue of Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man. Man. He uh, says is the creator of the rigorous storytelling session, the Pumpkin Pie Show, and the author of short stories and children's novels. And he teaches writing at the Actors Studio MFA program at Pace University.
0: Oh wait, the Pumpkin Pie Show?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that. Oh. Right. Really <laughs> that. That was what that was leading to.
0: Now, now we've we've got
1: one more, and
2: it's uh, what? Wait, one more, one more story wait, in this issue.
1: We've got one more story. We got one more short story uh, in the issue. Oh. Kind of like the black cat was a short oh one. Oh my god! And the, the kid was a short one. The bully. This one isn't horrible. It's not great because it, it it takes one of the classic Spider-Man stories and kind of tries to redo it a little bit. The kid who collected Spider-Man.
2: There's well, a good idea to try to cover. <laughs> it up.
1: Which which is a classic story that I think every Spider-Man fan knows. Uh this one's written by Kevin Grievous and uh Lee Weeks.
0: General Grievous to you asshat. hat.
1: Uh, <laughs> what did Grievous write? Uh Underworld?
0: The Death of a Bunch of Jedis? <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: he
2: he wrote the first Underworld movie, if you remember the very large, impossibly deep voiced werewolf, that was him.
1: Okay. Uh, Lee Weeks who is a personal favorite I like Lee he Madden. also wrote
2: since we mentioned you bought every volume of New Warriors he wrote the New Warriors volume that came after Civil War
1: okay yeah it was that wasn't that bad hence why I like this one a little bit better also the artwork I like Lee Weeks Uh, Spider-Man comes into a hospital, not the bad hospital, the average one, where everything's overpriced. Uh, Lenox Hill Hospital, New York's Upper East Side. Uh, he's carrying a kid who's got blood coming out of him and says, I need a doctor. woman in a wheelchair and a cane says, is that Spider-Man? Uh, somebody help me, uh, he was shot in the back is what the, what Spider-Man says. So the, the doctors start working on him and, and, uh. Uh, Spider-Man feels really guilty, of course, and he goes home, and Mary Jane walks in because they're living together. But wait a minute. Earlier in this issue, they were in two separate apartments. How does that work? Okay, that's taken me out of it a little bit. Um, Let's see. He... he tells Mary Jane I was downtown stopping some some thugs who just robbed a bag nothing I haven't done a thousand times before my spider sense went off and Mary Aunt May was cold uh, as <laughs> Anyway one of the thugs uh, uh one of the thug- my spider sense went off as one of them behind but pulled a gun behind me Anyway um anyway a stray bullet hit a kid in the back as Spider Man was uh, trying to stop some thugs, so Spider Man picks the kid up and he feels guilty about that and takes him to the hospital. Anyway, he takes his mask off and he goes to the hospital in the ICU and he's waiting for the kid to get better. And the mom and the dad come in and said, uh, "What are you doing here? Uh, I was there when he uh, when uh, I was there when he, he did a brave thing. Brave? It was that damn Spider Man's fault. He was there. He could have stopped it." And uh, Peter goes, yeah, it was Spider-Man's fault, and I wish it was Spider-Man there lying here not our boy, is what the parents said, not our baby boy. So hours later, Peter's still hanging out at the hospital, and uh, the kid's waking up. And the, uh, the kid goes, you don't have to pretend, I know you're Spider-Man. And uh, who, me? And he goes, yeah, why else would a stranger be he- here? And I wasn't really asleep. So he kind of heard him confessing how he's sorry all this happened. And I wish I would have gotten shot instead. And then the kid goes into cardiac arrest. And uh, he dies. Cuts to the the cemetery. And uh, the mom and dad run up to Peter and they say, I uh, I know who you are. And he was like, you do? Yeah, Tommy, uh, before he died, he told us that you're Peter Parker, the photographer who used to take pictures of Spider-Man. Can you get this to him? Uh, he used to draw comic books. And Spider-Man was his favorite. And uh, he hands him a, a manila envelope, and it's a picture of uh, the, what the kid drew and how Spider-Man... Uh, Spider-Man... I'll read you the quote. spider is the greatest hero and always does what's right. He doesn't care about the odds or how impossible to fight. He isn't always perfect and always isn't smart. But Spidey knows I have his back because I listen to my heart. Even if he fails, he always gets back on his feet. He taught me how to be a hero and to never accept defeat. So when I'm... F- Feeling sad, and I don't know what to do, I close my eyes, and I say out loud, what would Spider-Man do? He taught me everything except how to dodge an effing bullet. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter is walking with the comic book in hand. He goes, thanks, Tommy. I owe you one, buddy. Uh, Be out of me on that one. Uh, it, it Very much the kid who collected Spider-Man vibe I'm getting out of it. Um, but... I. I guess it's a B, but I, I don't think I should have paid four bucks
0: for that. I mean, it,
1: uh, I like short stories, Spider-Man, and that was definitely the best one of all
0: of them. Brad, you out shouldn't of- have paid four dollars for anything you've read that you've reviewed so far.
1: <laughs> you don't or like a be. good Johnny and Ben uh, practical
0: joke. I mean, that that point five was the best out of all. No, of it's it's good. It's just that it. I, I don't I don't know. I mean it should it, it should happen during the course of a, of a larger story. It should be anecdotal. Well, it should again, be. It should be a, a
2: one wonder- whole. This whole point one thing is clearly just stock stories that they shove together. And it, it t-
0: was. I don't need a, a story about a gag. Have the gag happen in two panels yeah. doing a larger arc, where something actually effing happens. Dude, why? Why do they have stock stories? Is it? Is it? Back in the day, I thought it was to run. put shit in the back yeah. of other comics to make them cost more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well and it's also you know like the longer ones you have if uh, if a team especially during the brand new day era i think they were really banking them because uh-huh. they had a rotating set of creative teams anyway so if somebody's falling behind you're not even going to notice if they slot in this one issue by this completely different creative team because we got rotating creative teams anyway um and for backup stories you know what? they would have things like number 600 rolls around number 700 rolls around you got five backup stories in there to pump up that price to 8 bucks you know
0: yeah. Dear Spider-Man editor, here's a story about Spider-Man going to get some gas and buying some gum. Please keep me in mind if uh, Dan Slott goes <laughs> missing while on a cruise sometime. <laughs> Thanks, wannabe writer guy. <laughs> Jesus. But also, like I think
2: I think sometimes story, things like that, short stories and whatnot, are done sort of to, to test out writers. Like this guy... Uh, that did the one in seven hundred point four. Yeah, he's he, written in other mediums and whatnot, but he's done very little in comic books. So it's probably like write a Spider-Man short story and see what we can do.
1: I mean, you'd love to have that opportunity. Well,
2: yeah, Kevin. but I, I, they they really only do that kind of thing for people that they already see elsewhere. Basically, like you know, Heaven's they might not going to write a gag story. <laughs> I'll
0: write whatever story they want me to write, George. <laughs> You know, Kevin's first story as a comic book writer isn't going to be the Whoopi Cushion story from Dark Hawk and uh, some other guys. Remember that time Speedball put the, the Whoopi Cushion on oh, Dark Hawk and everybody thought Dark Hawk farted, farted? You want to hear that story? Give me four the, bucks. And, and then Dr. Doom yeah. showed up. Yeah, eight bucks, asshole.
1: I'm,
2: <laughs> my, my very first comic book work is going to be the story of Fart Hawk.
0: Fart Hawk, yeah, there wow, you go. Wow, I'm sad with all of this. Yeah. But, you know, you
2: even look back, and, and Dan Slott had, uh, what, that black suit short story way back in one of those... Annual? Yeah. You know, kind of...
1: This could started. have been plugged in an annual, come to think of it. Yeah, as a backup in an annual. Yeah. Somebody just
2: banked way too many of them and decided they could make some money out of it.
0: Yeah, I bought it. Yeah. Uh,
2: You're exactly the person they would make money. Well, it's not
0: like Wacker just tried to clear out everything in his drawer before he left. (laughs) (laughs)
1: makes a little bit more sense now we know it does make make sense to release these as Amazing Spider-Man because as completists like myself want that in their collection as opposed to a random mini and you know what I think it's an
2: interesting tactic to make us think that Peter Parker isn't coming back for a while because you know it makes it look like Doc Ock's gonna be around for the long haul so we just need to get rid of these Peter Parker stories because we're not gonna have a place to put them you know yeah
1: that's smart. I, I'm not saying they're dumb. All right, tackling two episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man's cartoon. George, what episodes are we tackling this
0: Tonight, Brad and Kevin, yep. we are looking at Season 1, Episode 6, entitled Why I Hate Jim. Uh, and also Season 2, Episode 18, The Parent Trap. Okay. Which do you think Woo. will be better?
2: Neither.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> the Jim, because I like Jim and the Holograms in the 80s.
0: Mm. Okay, that's Jim, not Jim.
1: <laughs> Don't mess around with Jim. Jim <laughs> is
0: truly outrageous, truly <laughs> I used to have to watch that because, A, I had a subsister, and B, it came on before G.I. Joe.
1: Yeah, I remember. Exactly. That's the only reason I saw it. <laughs> it was on before. So I would, like,
0: feed all my pets and shit and get all that shit done while she was down. down. <laughs> you know, try to get as much of my homework out of the way as I could so I could be, you know, there in front of the TV. It was
1: like, what if Barbie was a rock star?
0: So I could watch, you know, I, I could fight through that and then get to G.I. Joe in which I could watch America's Elite shoot absolutely no one and everybody dive out with a parachute. <laughs> all, right, so, so yeah. all right. So Spider-Man. All right. So, uh, Why I Hate Jim. Uh, this was a story written by a man of action, which again is four people, including Joe Casey and Joe Kelly. And uh, Steven Seagal, who uh, apparently is uh, considering a, a run for Arizona governor, by the way. and uh, I
1: totally forgot Joe Casey was a member of Man of
0: Action.
1: Huh? I forgot Joe Casey was a member of Man of Action. Yeah, what did you say, though, Kevin?
0: Um, you said Steven Seagal. I think you mean Steven Seagal. I, I I do, but it's much funner to pretend it's Steven Seagal. <laughs>
2: okay, just point that out for the record.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I mean, we talked about that like in the first uh, time we were ever reviewed it.
2: Just you know, let the folks at home know.
0: It's just fun to it's it's fun to pretend. <laughs> you know, I right, and uh, and Joe Fallon. You guys remember Joe really? Fallon, right? Yeah, Jimmy's brother. I oh, hell, I don't know. So okay, uh, in this episode, basically, the Taskmaster gets hired uh, by uh, Doctor Octopus to to chase down Spider Man and catch him once for once and for all. And you know, Taskmaster's like, I'm the Taskmaster. I can do anything. Uh, at the at the beginning of the episode, though, they're watching or. Octro- Octopus and Taskmaster are watching footage of Spidey uh, fighting Batrock the Leaper. This is like the second time Batrock the Leaper has shown up. Batrock the Leaper just shows up sometimes at the beginning, sort of like a recurring gag. And, um, and so here, I, I, like, I like the way that they characterize Batrock in this cartoon. And whoever it is absolutely hates the French. Because they make Batrock yeah. such yeah. such a blatant Zootalaw. I mean, I expect. He, excuse me. He's just like you know, like that chef in um in Little Mermaid. Oh, that's I always funny. expect him to start singing the uh, Les Poissons.
1: <laughs> you know, wee 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 wee.
0: I mean, it is just such a freaking character. I expect him to surrender half the time. Yeah. You Damn. know and uh so I like they are unabashedly anti french with that, and I'm like, you know, we' more power to it. We ought to crack on more uh, nationalities while we're in here <laughs> you know i mean by god what have what have uh what have what have the finns ever done for anybody <laughs> what if, what have the finnish done lately let's let you know let, maybe let's already finished yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway um I, and he just feels like a tick villain sometimes. Whenever he shows up, he feels like, it, it, it makes me feel like I'm watching The Tick, and I like that. All right, anyway, so um, uh, Taskmaster goes undercover at the high school. He's like, okay, if, I, if I've got to find Spider-Man, you know, I, I know he's got to be – he's a teenager. He's got to be going to this school. So he winds up going to – you know, because apparently there's only one school in New York. So he goes to school and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to put these kids through a series of trials until I find out who Spider-Man is." Of course, Peter hides the fact that he's Spider-Man. So he fails all the obstacle courses. He lets, you know, Flash Thompson hit him in the face with a basket with a dodgeball. Like they play, like they still play dodgeball in New York City. And um,
1: <laughs> dodgeball dodgeball outlawed anymore?
0: Dude, they don't can't play They don't they don't even do it in Texas anymore, Brad.
1: Oh, what's wrong, with dodgeball? Oh, you know, it,
0: it hits uh, the kid, doesn't it?
2: As someone that got nailed in the nuts repeatedly, I'm fine <laughs> with no
0: dodgeball. Dude, I, I hate like the, dodgeball. Here's the thing: in dodgeball, you you take it and you dish it out. Yeah, it, it teaches you. It, it teaches you quick thinking. It teaches you reactions. Unless you're the geeky,
2: geeky kid that everybody gangs up on, which frankly was me. So I, I I'm fine with no dodgeball. <laughs>
0: I like. I, I, I think it, it builds character. It was the only sport I was good in. Dodge, dodgeball is life. Life is not going to cushion exactly. Dodge, dodgeball teaches you survival of the fittest, and sometimes people just get hit in the nuts.
1: You know what else they don't do in school anymore? And This is the, the, the
0: Divergent. I used to get paddled in school. Did you get paddled, George? Oh, bo- well, yes. Whenever I had to go to the to the principal, yes, I, I got my ass paddled.
2: I, yes, I, truly, I your generation was. Better.
0: I met the Board of Education a lot.
1: Yeah. All because I talk too much. Yeah, Kev- I'm- Kevin, what would happen if they paddled kids in school? There would be lawsuits. They might get punched. <laughs> yeah, the kid might... Hell, the kid might shoot them. Now somebody's <laughs> calling CPA. Yeah. Either
0: they, if they there. paddled
2: somebody today, they would either have paddled the wrong kid or yeah. they paddled the wrong parents' kid.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The parent will go up there. How dare you touch my unique, special snowflake? Who's never wrong?
2: Dude, forget all that. Somebody else. If I had, if I had a kid, somebody else laid hands on him. That person would not be walking the next day.
0: I, oh, boy, not me. I swear. And I, I'll do. I would do what my old man did. Walk in the school. Go to the teacher and say, "Yo, if my kid ever gets out of line, just do it. In, do it in front of everybody in class." <laughs> you know, the more humiliating, so, the better. Teach that bastard a lesson.
2: So about Ultimate
0: Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> now this is Brad that got us off. Tan- off-, off- I off- totally I know, yeah. I got I off on the paddling. All right. So anyway, Taskmaster goes undercover here, and Taskmaster, without a mask, looks like uh, John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Yeah, trying to, he trying to play he a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really creepy. It's you know, he's got. The, he, That's a good analogy. I've seen this episode. It's true. He's got the pencil thin douche dash. You know. <laughs> And it's, I think they even gave him cornrows, which made me sad, because I'm like, well, how can he have cornrows, but Norman can't? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's too, it was very sad. Now, one thing that uh, pops up that I really like through all this is you get to see that Power Man and Iron Fist sometimes have a way of interacting with one another quietly just through motions and 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 gestures while other people are talking and i like that i like the fact that they're reminding us oh hey these two are you know our buddies and should probably be much older and have their own goddamn show so anyway (laughs) you know and a lot of times i do i like to present this show as the iron fist show with you know his super pals or whatever because iron fist a lot of the time comes off as the supreme badass in this show. <laughs> when, yeah. A lot of times Spider-Man just is out there, you know, going through one motion of buffoonery after the other. <laughs> um, anyway, so Tiger gets mad because she's not, she doesn't make the cut, and she's like, "Dude, what are you talking about? I kicked everybody's ass." Is this because I'm a girl? And I'm like, "Well, no, it's because you're a chick, and you know, you're Spider-Man. He, he knows you're not Spider-Man, right?" Yeah. So, uh, oh, we had another Stan Lee cameo as Stan the janitor, and uh, that lets us say Happy Birthday, Stan!
1: Happy Birthday, Stan! Not birthday, Stan! 91.
0: 91 years young. My God, yeah. you know he's probably got more energy than all three of us combined.
1: Mm-hmm. I give you that.
0: That's insane. I just, I oh my God! If they could,
1: I hope, I hope he never gets old. Well. <laughs> I I hope he's immortal. You know, I hope he's a uh, he's a he's a god. Like he, he
0: is a god. Like He just never like like he just you know like one day we'll be eighty and he'll be a hundred and twenty or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> I
1: mean, screw it.
0: <laughs> screw Mother
1: Nature and gravity. Stands around for the long haul. He's going to be one hundred twenty five years old someday. Yeah, I I I I wish it on him.
0: That'd be awesome. I mean, I I think every year uh, it's good, they're going to keep charging you more. <laughs> uh, for for you to see him at a convention and and have your picture taken with him, you know.
2: Every year he's like anything that is, is printed with his characters in it.
0: Well, soon he's going to become the world's oldest man, so it's like they're getting you twice. That yeah, this is the guy that created everything. Oh, and he's the world's oldest man, so you're going to pay <laughs> double now, jackass. for covers, catch yeah. um, Excelsior, no, I'm Um The happy <laughs> birthday stand. So anyway, everybody. So uh, the taskmaster decides. Well, clearly Spider Man must be either Flash Thompson, Harry Osborne, or uh, Iron Fist. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> Peter Parker's out that dweeb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, no way this nerd is Spider Man. So Spider Man and uh, and White Tiger are hanging out. They're like, Hey, I haven't heard from anybody. Have you? And he's like, No. So they decide to go up to the school and, and see what's going on. Well what what's been going on is is uh he he's already got some of, like I think he he was already gone after flash and because he he was pretty sure it was flash and flash is already like in hiding in a locker somewhere um taskmaster jumps on um iron fist you know and is starting to fight him <laughs> and then this is where you really get to see how his powers work iron fist is using you know all the all the uh martial art kung fu stuff that he knows that he learned from the monks and uh, and so as he's doing it, you see Taskmaster's point of view, and he's like, you see like little equations going popping up all over the place and everything, and he's just learning it lickety split. And at one point, he puts a bitch slap on Iron Fist, and Iron Fist is like, "Dude, who taught you that move?" And Taskmaster's like, "You just did." You know, and yeah. I, I was like, eh, "That's yeah. that's kind of boss. That's pretty cool." Mm-hmm. You know. I like Taskmaster. Yeah, Taskmaster. Taskmaster's good. I remember, because remember we, we reviewed the Season 2 Ultimate Deadpool episode, which was a real big letdown mm-hmm. for me. And I hated that episode because it felt like a waste to me. Because, you know, they've got Clancy Brown doing Taskmaster. And if you're going to have anybody voice Taskmaster, Clancy Brown is really a good way to go. Yeah, I'm fine I mean, with it. Ta- Taskmaster is essentially like the death stroke of the Marvel Universe. You know, so this guy should be a, a badass and he should be a heavy... Here in season one, he comes across much better than he does in the Deadpool episode. So that's a that's a real good. I was really happy to see that, and I was even more happy to see that the uh, that the John C. McGinley pedophile mask uh, that he was wearing was actually just a mask, and it wasn't his real face. Because I was I was like, damn, <laughs> you know, if that's really the Taskmaster, I see why you were hide behind a skull. <laughs> it's, ba- it's bad when you look better with a skull, right? So. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, he finally starts studying um, uh, White Tiger's moves and he starts studying Spider Man's moves, which actually in the comic book he's had trouble with before because Spider Man doesn't really have moves so much as Spider Man reacts. So, I, I did have a problem with that here because I was like, mm, that's not really, doesn't mesh well with, with, you know, what I know of Taskmaster. But then they they switched to some unconventional methods, uh, they turned the lights off in the gym. They switched the way that they attack people. You had White Tiger starting to use web shooters, and Spider-Man was using her claws and stuff. And so eventually they, they find a way to overcome him. Uh, and then Taskmaster goes back to Dr. Octopus and says, uh, yeah, you're going to have to find some other way to get him. It's not going to be at the high school, and Dr. Octopus just throws a big uh, four-alarm tantrum like a little kid. Probably needs a nap or something.
1: Yeah. I don't like this version of Doc Hockey's, yeah. like, hidden down the basement—
0: no. Yeah, it's it's not a good it's not a good thing. no it's not a good arc. So, but I'm going to give this one a B. Um, sure, it was entertaining. There wasn't a lot of the of the little cutesy cherub cutscene crap. Um, it was mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. I mean, it, you got a nice uh, Stanley cameo in there. You got, um, you know, you got Taskmaster, and you got to see what what his stuff was like. You actually got to see <laughs> his moves and not have it explained to you on a title card.
1: Yeah, I, I I like the equation and stuff like you were saying. Yeah, that was that was, that cool. was
0: pretty freaky. So I yeah. I enjoyed that one. I give this one a B. Cool. Season
1: two. Season which by the what? by the way, season two is now up on Netflix. so I've started watching them.
0: Oh, season two is on Netflix now. Yeah, it is. They just put it up. Sweet. Then I don't have to keep going back over to my friend's house to watch. There you go. <laughs> Good for, buddy. I keep watching season one on uh, Netflix, and then I go over to his house mm-hmm. to catch uh, the stuff uh, off of. Um, I, I think they wrapped up
1: season two in uh, November and just went up in late December. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty quick turnaround.
0: So uh, so season two episode eighteen. This is the Parent Trap, again written by Man of Action and Kaita Pambara. Well that went well. Or Kaita <laughs> Pambara. I I don't know foreign name. Ali Ali Free, yeah. yeah. Um, just real quick. I don't. I didn't really have a lot to write down about this show. This show is, in a nutshell, um, you've got Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Coulson, and Nick Fury taking hit, hitting Zodiac, hitting a Zodiac base. Kevin, are you are you familiar familiar with Zodiac?
1: Can't really say I am. Brad, yeah, I am. Okay, it's a, it, it. They fought Shield in the past and stuff like for, that. And for those, the Nick Fury's son is, is tied into it a little it's bit. His, it's his
0: brother. His brother, yeah. Okay. For those of you who are listening who may not know Oh, that Zodiac, history, um, there's a lot of evil groups in the Marvel universe. You know, there's there's Hydra, there's AIM, there's the Hand, and then you've got some groups out there that are you know maybe not as successful. Um, Zodiac is like the Amway of <coughs> of the of the Spider or the evil Marvel <laughs> universe groups. So, yeah. You know, the, if they were a cola, they'd be Tab. <laughs> you know they, they just they, they haven't really done who's
1: token Pepsi by the way
0: well probably Hydra and A
1: Hy- Hydra and A yeah. yeah
0: I'll give you that um, I'll give you that so uh-huh. anyhow they um, what Kevin
2: I was going to say that means you only get Zodiac to uh, mix with some stronger groups yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't,
0: don't <laughs> bring Zodiac in when you want to you know like maybe mix it with something but you don't want a lot of calories you don't want a lot of yeah, a, you only
2: bring calories. Zodiac in when you want to get drunk with if,
0: you drink
1: you drink some doom and you chase it with zodiac.
2: Now, am I getting this right, I'm remembering <laughs> there was a zodiac group in Hickman's Secret Warriors book. Was it the same yeah. one or something, uh, or, or a variant?
1: I think I think
0: that it is. Yeah, he, think he, like, he
2: built it up to seem like just mythic, whereas you're describing
0: tab. <laughs> so
2: he may he, he may have
0: to, tried to he may have tried to bring him up and, and beef him up a little bit, and God knows they needed it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because so pro- I, I feel like Nick Fury's brother was tied in there, so he probably was just trying to soup him up. But I don't think he really had the space. I don't think it was ever really continued.
0: Nick Fury's brother is Scorpio in in the Zodiac. There are actually rich people who put on costumes, like animal-based costumes, and, and stand as, <laughs> as the, like signs of the Zodiac. I'm not I'm you know, not shitting you. They're rich and dusty.
1: No, it's – yeah, that's it. They even
0: have a fucker up that dressed like the Cowardly Lion or something. I mean, it's <laughs> –
1: I want some courage.
0: There's, some of those <laughs> there's a dude like in a you know <laughs> kind of like a scort onesie that has crab claws.
1: <laughs> and
0: I'm sorry, as a it, cancer, as a cancer of that no. offends me. What?
1: Isn't manbull part of it? No,
0: no. That, they have a Taurus guy though. There's Pisces,
1: maybe. And, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got it all, you know, in there. So they're just they're just so spare. I mean, they've always looked goofy. And you know now it, it's weird because the, because Scorpio is the most powerful member, and he actually wields an interdimensional weapon called the key that's actually pretty badass. And, and it, it, it's always struck me because Scorpio with the key is more dangerous than Scorpio and the key with the rest of the zodiac.
1: He <laughs> yeah, neither not need those other guys have you got No, kids. hell
0: no, he's taken on the Avengers before Without the rest of the Zodiac He's like, ah, here I am, here I am with my Kick-ass, uh, you know, interdimensional God weapon You know, how about I just lay some Smackdown, bitches
1: First time I remember the Zodiac was at uh, Nick Fury Wolverine hardcover from the 80s
0: yeah, Scorpion connection remember that yeah and there was also uh there were some really good stories with uh, jim Steranko that he did uh when he was d- uh, doing nick fury and shield god some of that stuff is so good folks if you've never ever read the jim Steranko, nick fury stuff and shield stuff go and find it it's out there it's collected in trades go get it it's awesome mm-hmm. it I would really like to is add, good
2: add my voice for secret warriors on the same thing just while we're talking about it that that's very good too. I got me a Secret Warriors Omnibus. I think it's still available. It's so good.
0: George, have you read that? Uh no, I have not.
2: I highly I recommend it. I think you would actually like it. Yeah. It was it was a twenty eight issue run. It was planned for that amount of time from the very beginning. The whole thing is collected in an omnibus.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: You could probably buy the issues cheaper for twenty eight bucks a dollar a piece. That's the possible too, or
2: trades, whatever. Yeah. But it's it's, a, it's yeah, easily it's findable, good. and it's it's well worth a read. I, that, and I feel like your proclivities, George, the the stuff you like, I think you'd enjoy it.
0: I agree, George. Would I would like, like it. to check it out. You know, I don't actually have an omnibus. I ordered my first one recently. Hmm. What did you, you order, Sterned. the Roger, the Roger Stern. Stern one? And I got it for like sixty two bucks. Nice. Yeah. Yes.
1: Those are just so hard to read. They're so heavy. I bought the
0: Secret Wars two omnibus. <laughs> I know. Bro,
1: that was I know. Fault. I know. <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh, but I love Secret Wars. Oh, you know, my I do.
0: God. I, I love it too. But Secret, Secret Wars two even... was horrible, Brad.
1: I know it was, but I want all that horrible under one cover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want it all I in a attractive Omnibuses, park.
2: but I haven't read most of them again, and, and partly because they're
1: they're huge. You have to sit at a table and read it. Yeah, so I can sit half.
2: like in a in a recliner, but that, you know it's it's on my lap. We're not holding it up at all. I'll be look. I'll be leaning over to read it if I got to. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah that's it's a heavy book. I'm looking forward to it. I think it it's going to be delivered in March. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm all excited.
1: Roger Stern himself even pimped out the message for you. He yeah. did,
0: and he did a good job of selling it.
1: He he sold it to you, George. Well, oh, he did, <laughs>
0: especially when he said, "Hey, bitches, it's half off." <laughs> No, nothing that's says, George, my, come by this, like shit being half off.
1: I don't know if that's a quote, but, uh, yeah, it was half off.
0: Yeah.
2: Just <laughs> tagging quote, Uncle Raj on it, and you good to go. Hey, you bitch, it's
0: uh, quote, Uncle Raj. So, so back, <laughs> to, back to the cartoon episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not because we're totally off, way off now. now. Give like,
2: our recommendation segment for the podcast. Yeah,
0: now that now that we've given you our omnibus breakdowns, let's get back. <laughs> to Spider Man episode. Um, no, this is basically it's Spider Man and um and and Luke Cage, just the two of them. Everybody else is is gone. They get separated from Coulson and Fury. Their their job is to find the key. Well, we also get Luke Cage's backstory or... Ultimate Luke Cage's backstory. This has absolutely nothing to do with the actual Luke Cage's backstory. Um of his parents that his parents used to work for Shield and they're the ones who gave him his superpowers. To help what? to help him escape. Yes. This is what? it is slap you in the face, stupid. <laughs> oh no, in fact about an they are,
2: Ultimate Comics Luke Cage. Am I blanking Brad or um, I don't feel like I've ever heard of an Ultimate Luke Cage. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just bringing this I, I up think, to say that I think they made this up
1: for the cartoon. I think there's an Ultimate Luke Cage.
0: I could be wrong. You would think there would
2: be. I just can't remember ever seeing him. Let me let me do a little anyway, research. Anyway, go ahead, George. I just, I, I just okay. wanted to bring up that I think that's an original origin.
0: So there's a flashback of, like, Mom and Pop Cage <laughs> on a, on a ship with young teenage Cage, and then Scorpio... Uh, His plane attacks theirs. They send Scorpio soldiers down in there, including Scorpio himself. Luke Cage's mama injects him with the super soldier serum that they're developing and then throws him out the plane over the ocean. (laughs) You do. my son. Because that's what you do. And uh, while he's in the air hurdling... You're not going to cage him. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, So while he's falling through the air towards his doom he sees the plane explode figures his parents are dead and then oh god suddenly he's got superpowers he his bulk and you know his, his mass his body mass you know increases by like three or four times and then he hits the water And he's like i'm alive my parents are dead so
1: Re- refresh the listener about the the real luke cage origin real quick
0: luke cage got his origin because he was in prison and <laughs> he, exactly. he volunteered for an experiment
1: Right and now he to, to le- maybe lessen his term. I don't know. He
0: no. Yeah. Well, he was in prison uh, because he'd been framed. Right. And now he was doing some bad shit back then. <laughs> but the thing he was in prison for, he hadn't done. So he actually volunteered for an experiment, which and, and you know how that goes in comic books. Yeah. yeah. You know you just you know how that goes, and you, you um,
2: just don't write comic books about the experiments that are successful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the comic book, he was never close with his parents. He, I mean, he did have a couple of, of parents that are mentioned in a, in a couple of the issues, but they never get back into his. They damn sure weren't shield scientists working on the, the you know, right. super. You,
1: have you read all of Luke Cage, George? Like from the first issue, I have read of... a
0: shitload of. If it's the stuff in the seventies with that... him and Iron Fist,
1: yeah, I've
0: read that. I've read the stuff. See,
1: that's. That's where my weak spot is in my Marvel history, is as Power Man and Iron Man. It shouldn't Fist, be because know. that
0: uh, the should. Brad, they had like John Byrne drew a lot of those issues back then.
1: Oh, I know. He he drew some uh, Iron Fist's first fifteen issues or whatever. Chris right? Claremont
0: wrote a lot of those. I, mean, I know, dude. I this, know. this was a this was a hot commodity back then.
1: Just as my weakness, you, you, I, you I need to go back up. and
0: get you some Luke Cage and and Iron Fist, yeah. dude. You do. Yep. Yeah. So.
1: This, that, Defenders, and what else do I want to go back and get? Well,
0: you can you can afford to be a little choosy with the Defenders, because <laughs> uh, I like the Defenders, but when the Defenders was bad, it was bad. <laughs> uh, so
2: Brad has found that there was an Ultimate Luke Cage briefly yeah. in the Jeff Loeb run of new Ultimates as one of the Ultimate Defenders, which basically means you don't need to ever mention it.
0: <laughs> so so, exactly. so in the, the ultimate version was probably prison raped and then eaten by Fin Fang Foom ultimate. <laughs> according to
2: this the ultimate version originally had no powers and then at some point these crappy defenders showed up with powers given to them by Loki
1: cause comics <laughs> <laughs> cause Jeff Loeb uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, 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 so they mix him with like the wrecking crew I'm
1: trying to think if, if Luke Cage's first appearance was in Luke Cage number one no, um, was it, it also uh, for the record,
2: George says that he was never called Luke Cage, just Power Man.
0: Right?
1: Even Luke Cage, was well, like, Luke, you know. Luke Cage
0: isn't even his real name. Uh, his real name was called, like Carl Lucas or something like that. Oh, well, let me look. Uh, no, his his first yeah, his very good. His Carl Lucas, yeah, very his good. first appearance, dude. Uh, before
1: nope, it says Heroes for Hire. Yeah. one, Luke Cage,
0: because it, it's like a black cover and it's got like him breaking chains and stuff, and it. It looks like it's like a exploitation a movie, mm-hmm. movie poster, you know? Right. No. Um, That's cool. Oh, it was Iron Fist. Iron Fist is the one who, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, when he first appeared, uh, he first appeared in um, like Marvel Pre- Presents or Marvel Premiere or something like that. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of.
1: Right. Luke Cage, number one, was his first appearance. Okay. Like- Yeah, go ahead. Anyway. We're hurting a little bit. Go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, they hit the mountain. um, They battle Scorpio. Uh, Cage's parents actually inject Scorpio with a failed version of the Venom that just makes him get bigger and bigger. At one point, Luke Cage is buried in the volcano and isn't getting burned, (laughs) which I was like, well, that's kind of impressive, you know. (laughs) But they bust him out, and then Cage is reunited with his parents. That's basically the gist of it. Now – yeah. I'm going to give this one a B. Um, it's another solid – it's – I would have preferred it had been Iron Fist with Cage and not Spider-Man <clears throat> because this is a family thing. This is a personal thing for Cage, and it just it works better with, with Iron Fist. But it's a Spider you know, cartoon, so what are you going to do? Right. But um, there's not a lot of goofy shit in it. It works out pretty well. Um and uh, overall, I, uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Did you watch? Did you watch it?
1: I haven't seen this one, no. But uh, it, from your past reviews of season two, it does sound like they're tr- toning down the goofiness.
0: Yeah, they they do. Um, and, you know. and to their credit, that's a good thing. It makes me a little hopeful. I say a yeah. little, a little hopeful for season three. Right. So, uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I give this one, um, I give this one to B. And he does say Sweet Christmas" at one point. And I, get all, I,
1: I Oh, nice, nice.
0: Nice, I, I like the he throws that shit out. Props.
1: Any, do you know, do you know the origin of "Sweet Christmas"? I mean, is that just his catchphrase, or what does
0: it mean? I don't know. I mean, he's just always said it. I don't know. I know what it yeah. means. I, I th- um, I'm trying to think of, because I've watched a lot of black exploitation stuff in like the '70s, like Shaft and Dolomite and stuff. They didn't really have catchphrases. They just nailed a lot of white chicks so I don't really know where, where they would where they would have gotten that from like if they're you know nobody really had a catchphrase but uh, anyway yeah I'll give that one I give that one a few.
1: Um, I'm I just before we wrap up this episode I tried to find uh, where the origin of uh, sweet Christmas came from and uh, it took me to fyeahlukecage.tumblr.com. As I mentioned. I mean, it probably the answer is probably on that website. F uh, spell out
0: F. I'll put it this way: I've never heard it outside of a uh, of a Power Man <laughs>
1: comic. No, I haven't either. I mean, uh, but the name of the website I
0: love in the, the f- is called yeah, Luke Cage.
1: C- uh, spell out the F, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, I just always had that. I've always been a huge Luke Cage, Heroes for a Hire, Iron Fist fan. And, and them and Shang-Chi. Yeah.
1: The first exposure I ever had to Luke Cage was that uh, horrible uh, uh, 1990s, about 12 issue run where they tried to bring him back.
0: Yeah, they, well, it's the 90s. There was a lot of bad shit that went down in the 90s. Yeah. Very few people came through the 90s looking good. I'll give you that. Yeah.